is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What are you talking about? No, it's not him. There is only one more. There is only one more. There is, that's, that's it. One more. Get arrest! No! They saw your team put up zero effort. Wake up! Remember in the old days they used to have oxygen for them. Where's the oxygen? They play like absolute just garbage. <laughs> this is the Sports Loud Mouths. Yay! Man, can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here. With Errol Marks, Speedy Petey, and Tyler Harrison. You're not even a has-been. You're never was. You're never was. You're never was. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, for another show of the Sports Live Mounts. I am the host, Big Easy, Errol Marks, and my co-host for tonight, no, it isn't the mothball, Tyler Harrison. I don't know where the hell he is. Friendsgiving, which I thought was last month. Giving, which Thanksgiving has passed, right. uh, what, two months ago? Yeah, and I thought usually that was before Thanksgiving. What the past. hell is going on with one, Tyler Harrison sure. on Thursday nights? Is it Thursday night football, or is he having karaoke night with somebody else? Probably. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. Anyways, we'll uh, it out. <laughs> my co-host for right now, if Tyler actually shows up, Speedy. Remember, you can call us at 631-672-3108. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app by going to iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Well, at 10 o'clock, guys, we're going to have a very special guest. We will be talking to Clutch Point Head of Video Department and NBA writer Calvin Fong. Uh, the Golden State Warriors videographer. So there we go. Uh, that will be great. Tyler's not here. Mr. Steph Baby Curry, three-point shooting baby. Damn it. Tyler might just magically reappear just for that and then leave. <laughs> now, you know what it is? I, I can't stand when Tyler doesn't show up to uh, a show when there's not a big, huge guest on the show. If it's Sean Merriman, M- Marion that we had on a couple Merriman. of weeks ago. I'm sorry, Merriman or somebody... Some somebody else that we've had plenty of times on our show, uh, he would show up if if there's no special guest, he'll find a way to make an excuse not to be here. Uh, at ten at ten thirty, we will be talking to athletic NBA copywriter and analyst Trevon Edwards. I like that Trevon. Ooh, Trevon. Could you do that? Trevon. No. Oh. <laughs> we'll do that when he comes on the show. There we go. <laughs> oh, as everybody knows, we, we have a lot to talk about. A lot of football today. We have obviously obviously uh Thursday night football, Kansas City, Chargers. This is gonna be a really good game right now. Kansas City's up ten nothing. Uh, but we will we'll talk about the games. We'll go through the week fifteen in games because this is a very important week, especially oh but what's going on? Uh, Snug says Trayvon is glorious. Yes, it is. It, it's a very glorious name. Uh, we will get into week 15. 
uh, in this week in football. There's a lot of big games, a lot of uh, games that are going to be must-win for a lot of teams. We will go through that. Uh, we'll get into the Jets and Giants uh, this week and what they need to do for the rest of the season and what they need to do. We'll get into what they should do in the offseason to make these teams better. I've got some thoughts to that uh, moving forward uh, for the rest of the season, so we'll get into that. Um, we didn't get into the strike or the lockout in baseball. We will do a little bit of that today. Um, a lot of hockey going on, but nothing very important. Uh, we will talk a little bit about uh, the Rangers playing as well as they are. And the Islanders playing garbage hockey. So we'll get into that. Which Who would have thought that the Islanders would be playing garbage hockey right now? But who would have? And we'll get into some basketball. Um, but first things first. Today was a crazy day for me. Okay? Uh, today is Thursday. I usually get my hair cut. And I used to go to the... I usually used to. I, I usually go to the dry cleaner every Thursday. Either to drop off my dry cleaning or pick up my dry cleaning. So the funny story is, I pulled up to the dry cleaner uh, in Center Reach, Long Island, and there's a parking spot. There's two parking spots for the dry cleaner, okay? There were two open spots. So I pull up to the first left open spot. I go to my back seat on the right side because that's where my dirty clothes is, and I open the door. And I'm leaving it open because I'm cleaning something on one side because I spilled something. And I'm, I'm getting – I'm trying to grab all my clothes so I can bring it up – bring it into the dry cleaner. All of a sudden, I hear this beeping. Beep! Beep! And this lady with her brand-new Mercedes has her head out. She looks like she's 78 years old or 80 years old. Rude as hell. Looks like a cat fiend because she smells like shit. Excuse my language, but she did. All right? And she's beeping her horn telling me to close my damn door because she's trying to find. Then I close my door. She's still yelling at me, calling me an idiot and a moron. I did nothing to this lady, by the way. Absolutely nothing but besides grab my clothes and trying to clean up the mess that I left in my back seat. And she continues to yell at me. So on, you know, before I walk into the building and people watching me, I'm cursing back at this old bitch. Okay. And let me tell you something. I, I understand there are a lot of aggressive old people that uh, think that they have the right of way, think that they can tell you what to do, think that they can treat you like garbage because you look like their uh, grandchildren or something like that. But I'm not going to let some old woman talk to me like that. Oh, no. And I was on the phone with my girlfriend and her mother, and they were on speakerphone. Oh, okay? and, they were combo. and they were listening to what this lady was doing in her car right beside me, okay? So while she came inside the dry cleaner, my girlfriend and her mother are screaming on the top of their lungs at this old lady while she's cursing at me as this Asian woman, uh, this the, the, the Chinese woman that runs the store, is telling me to calm down. But this lady is, like, telling me I'm an idiot, I'm a jackass, who the hell are you, who the hell do you think you are? I don't know what the hell I did. I left my door open. Okay, so a, a Guinness World Records. If you're listening, this might be the record for decibel level among two cars. <laughs> I I've never seen some old person or just a person as a whole have the nasty ability to piss me off so far and so long that I just wanted to choke the old bag. Okay, she was a nasty, 
wretched old woman. And even when I was walking out, I told her, you know, if you were a guy, I'd smack, I'd smack the shit out of you. Okay? That's what I said to her. And two older guys are looking at me telling me, Do you, uh, could, could you treat an old woman with a little respect? Tell this old bag not to, not to talk to me the way she did. I didn't do anything. So that was my day. Okay? Right. At the drive. Who was the loudest of the four? You? The, the her. other woman, her, Brittany or Brittany's mother. <laughs> oh, Brittany and Brittany's mother. Brittany <laughs> and her mother was screaming on the top of their yeah. lungs. And Brittany was telling me if I was there, I would have gotten the old bag's face and smacked her. I, I would never put my hands on a woman. Okay, just never. But the way this woman was treating me and talking down to me like I was doing something to her, like I was going to. I left my door open, my passenger door open for a second. She's beeping her horn and calling me an idiot I, just because she couldn't get it done. First of all, uh, there's zero tolerance for that, okay? Have some respect, all right? Uh, ben says, doesn't Tyler make you feel that way every show? No, he, I, I don't think Tyler makes me feel that uh, that way every single show. Even though sometimes, it's, a little, it's a little more predictable with Tyler. He's a stupid ass. We, we all know what Tyler is and what he's all about. Yes. Okay, he'll so, defend Steph Curry and Tom Brady till the day he dies, and bashes Aaron Boone the day he dies. Absolutely, <laughs> and 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 besides that, Tyler doesn't know what the hell he's talking about half the time, so it doesn't make any sense when he does argue it. But that's just my opinion. Uh, Go ahead, Speed. On a lighter, on a, on a lighter note, Snug says yesterday was an important day, National Cupcake Day. I think it is important for us to take a moment and reflect on soft, sweet, creamy icing. Uniting and the most perfect baked good ever. <laughs> mm, thank you. Uh, if you want to get fat, remember Cupcake Day, okay? That, that's the perfect day to squeeze the crap out of the juices of that cupcake. The juices. Oh. Yeah, the juices. The, the cream. Juices. The juices, the cream, everything. The sweets out of a cupcake. It's like also, so who wants oxygen when you can get nitrous oxide? You could have flown me in and I would have co-hosted. That's uh. true. But uh, if you've flown right in, uh, you would have to deal with the beef. The beef wants to beat you up, okay? <laughs> uh, the beef already told me he wants to be the undercard of... Tyler and Jeff's fight, which is going to happen soon, by the way. Uh, Slug says he was, use, he was using his clothes to clean something. I have no idea, but uh, I, what, what are you talking about, my clothes? What are you, what are, what, what, what's uh, going on? Ask Slug. I don't know, but this elderly lady was a very wretched old bitch. Okay, so said, anyways. And he says, I don't know. She seems pretty smart. I kind of like her, LOL. She's well, good. spicy. I love it. Yeah, yeah, she's spicy because she's yelling at me and calling me idiot, moron, Re- a lot of other nasty words I'm not going to use on the top of, of this show. But and anyways. what could be more fun than an afternoon fighting with the elderly? Yeah, well, I, I swear I should have recorded it and played it on this show. That would have been very interesting. I've never seen such – I've never dealt with such a nasty you-know-what, uh, you know, going into a dry cleaning um, – Dry cleaning to dry clean my clothes. Anyways, um, like I said, let, let's get into some football. We got a lot of football to talk about, and most of this show is going to be about football. I, you know, it's so funny because uh, early in the day, Anthony Anderosi, if anybody doesn't remember him, caged in MMA, uh, my partner in crime. Uh, he's a huge football fan. Played uh, uh, college football for Rutgers. Oh wow! Yes, mm-hmm. and uh, was a pretty good football player. And now he, you know, obviously he's a judge in MMA. He's a referee. We were talking about football, and we haven't had a good conversation about football in a very, very long time. And he's a big Giant fan, so we we were getting into the Giants and the woes of the New York Giants. And he was telling me the Giants need to get rid of practically every single player on that team to rebuild from top to bottom. And, and what's interesting about the New York Giants isn't the fact 
that some of these young players or some of these veteran players that they've brought in haven't produced. The problem is they haven't brought the right players in to fit the culture of the New York Giants. When we talk about Justin Tuck or uh, we talk about uh, Tiki Barber or Eli Manning or, or you know, any one of these big superstars that we've seen come in, OCU Manure, mm-hmm. all these guys – even Plaxico Borez, before he shot himself in the leg, uh, was a very good giant. Uh, was a person very, that, very short-term, but very impactful, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All these guys, they were big pieces to the team, big pieces to the puzzle when they brought these players or drafted these players to the New York Giants. Over the last couple of years, maybe it was the fact that they completely turned away from Tom Coughlin, which was the biggest yeah. mistake they ever did. And I, I will say that the Maras made a huge mistake. Yes, not the Tishes, because the Maras have the last decision-making right. to the organization. The fact that the Maras decided to part ways to Tom Coughlin was probably one of the biggest mistakes in a New York Giant history. But only when you look at the Giants and what the Giants have done in the draft the last couple of years, you start to wonder where this team is going. And what I mean by that, when you look at Saquon Barkley, and we've been talking about this for, for really the three or four years he's been in the league. Why did the Giants draft him in the top three of, of a draft when he wasn't the only piece they were missing to win a championship? Usually, when you draft a running back that high, he's one or two pieces away. Like, like if the Buffalo Bills... Drafted a running back, a top-end running back in the top 10 in this year's draft, I would say that's a good move because that's really the only piece they're missing to possibly be a Super Bowl contender. But this isn't the Buffalo Bills. This is the New York Giants. And even in this past year's draft, I like Tony. I think Tony's a good player. He hasn't stayed healthy. He's been in the league for what? Well, how many games has it been? 15 games this year? 14 games? He played, he's only played, I think, three full games in total. He's played three Out full of the games 13, the Giants in his played. rookie season. Okay? And we talk about what are the future and what is the future of this organization. Well, we know Joe Judge is going to be back next year. I mean, it, it's come out and said, I mean, and what we've read, uh, the Giants organization has come out and said that Joe Judge will be back next year. Does that mean Dave Gettleman will be back this uh, offseason to make another crazy, selfish, and I mean selfish, draft for the New York Giants? Now, he did make an unbelievable trade in last year's draft that sent, obviously, the number 11 pick to the Chicago Bears, which they added Justin Fields in the draft, and the Giants got their 20th. This year's first, and a third-round draft pick. And the Giants have that third-round draft pick coming up in this year's draft as well, which now they have three third-round draft picks going into this season's draft, off-season's draft. But not only that, we look at the Giants right now. Speedy, you're a Giant fan. What is Daniel Jones? What is this quarterback For the New York Giants. Is he a franchise quarterback? As far as what we've seen, the answer would probably be no. But how would we know that? 
The Giants have tried to build this offensive line since the great days of those giant offensive lines, those Super Bowl championships in 2007 and 2011. And even the 2011 offensive line wasn't great either. (laughs) Really, if you look at those five years, the Giants have one of the top ten offensive lines in football. Mm -hmm. And had players on that offensive line that could play multiple positions. Not just the guard, the tackle positions, even the center position. They had two players that could play the center position. Right. When you look at this team now, are you screaming to say that this team has a future of talented young players on this roster? And the answer is no. Evan Ingram, (laughs) Sterling Shepard, all players they drafted, Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones. Do you want me to go through the list of young players that this? How about this? What happened to Baker? (laughs) <laughs> what happened to co- the, what the practice corner? squad is he on now? <laughs> what happened to the corner they drafted that they moved up from Georgia, who was a shutdown corner who I loved when they I drafted that. him? Mm-hmm. Loved him. What happened to him? What happened to the corners that they drafted in the last three years in the third and fourth rounds? I mean, if you look at this team as a whole, it's embarrassing to say that this was one time a franchise was that was very well respected around the league. One of the top five, six franchise in, in in football that was very well respected. Pittsburgh, the Patriots, the Giants, the San Francisco 49ers, the Green Bay Packers. I mean, there were very even the Chicago Bears, if you want to put the Chicago Bears, very well respected before the, the whole 21st century. <laughs> well, the whole debacle. After uh, certain things happen, the Rex Grossmans of the world, and then right. obviously the trades and in, in the uh, the drafts that they've had over the last couple of years, and their failure to develop any quarterbacks. <laughs> you look at the Giants as a franchise right now; it's embarrassing. They're an embarrassment of an organization. How many different things uh, we talk about uh, over the years? The Giants have. Never had problems with domestic violence. They never had problems on and off the field situations where it blows up in the press. It usually is the Jets. They're the clown of the organizations. Yeah, we all know the that. ones that gamble on the off field issues. The I Giants am a Jets fan. Didn't. I am a Jet fan. You, always, every single year, there was something on and off the field that the New York Jets. Geno Smith got knocked out by his own player in a locker room. I mean, how many players have you heard that happen to? Okay, and by the way, was knocked out of the regular season, and that's how Ryan Fitzpatrick got the starting job. Well, it could be worse. You you could be kicked by your own coach. I, I mean, honestly, well, we'll get into the whole Urban Meyer thing yeah. too, because I'm going to slip that in in just a few moments yeah. too, because I I got a lot to say about Urban Meyer too, because that's a joke by itself. Oh yeah, but it's a good thing for Trevor Lawrence. It oh. absolutely is. This is this is a great thing because you're going to see the development of Trevor Lawrence right in front of your eyes next year. Yes, Snug, the Giants are a better run than the Jags, but that's not saying much. <laughs> but the Giants organization, an organization that was very well respected around the league, is no longer a very well respected organization. As a matter of fact, the Giants in the last seven seasons have had the worst NFL record in all of football yeah. in the last seven seasons. By the way, I think we have Anthony on the phone. Anthony, what's going on, bud? 
Dude, why you got to get me started this late at night? <laughs> I listen. Listen, I'm just speaking the truth, it, and people are laughing about it because it's true. It is true. I just thinking about it. I wanted to get into the Giants in the beginning of the show because I was sitting down before the show and I was saying, "What? What am I going to get into as my beginning topic?" And it has to be the Giants because if you look at the numbers and you look at their record in the last seven years, it's not even close. The Giants are the worst franchise in professional football in the last seven seasons. The Giants are basically looking at the same situation that the Knicks just got themselves out of. No, or putting himself even deeper. <laughs> if not, if not even worse. Why? Because they haven't fired their their office yet, and I think they're. When you said earlier in the show, you know what I mean, in terms of giant culture, you're absolutely right. There's certain players that fit a giant culture. And unfortunately, this team, there's maybe eight that fit giant culture. And unfortunately, that doesn't fit chemistry. Well, we, 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 and it's easily, they're easily noticeable on who the guys are that you keep. You keep Martinez, you keep Nick Gates, you keep Andrew Thomas. In terms of any of the offensive skill players, you could get rid of them. Get you could get rid of them and start completely over, to say the least. Get rid of them. You know, in terms of defense and all that stuff, forget it. You know what I mean? It's honestly, you might as well just have a fire sale. See whatever the hell you could get, and then move along. Gettleman's got to go. Judge's got to go. He's not ready. All the offensive coordinators and the fifty-two assistant coaches have to go as well. Judge is not going anywhere because it came out. It came out about a week ago that Judge is going to have a third season. He is going to be the Giants' head coach next year in 2022. And and why are they keeping him? Why just so they could say, oh well, we're not going to screw up on another head coach? Okay, so what? You're going to keep him for a third year? You know what I mean? Which is going to happen? But plain and simple, you can't let Gettleman control those picks. You let Gettleman control those picks, it's no good. And the other thing that the Giants have to get away from is hiring from within. Yeah. Forget about hiring from within. Mm. Ernie Acorsi was not hired from within. George Young was not hired from within. It doesn't work. It, uh, one name that I keep hearing over and over again that's a possibility, and his name came up in past in past situations where they were hiring general managers, but they never pulled the trigger on him, was Scott Pioli. Yeah. Scott Pioli was, if anybody remembers, Scott Pioli was his last one of his last general manager jobs was with the Jets when Parcells was there. And lo and behold, who the hell is Scott Pioli also? Bill Parcells' son-in-law. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I mean, there is there is some kind of – a lot of people be like, oh, yeah, well, what the hell does that mean? What does that mean? It probably means a lot because you can't tell me that somebody doesn't pick somebody's brain. And if anybody saw that Manning cast from a couple of weeks ago – an 80-year-old Parcells is smarter than a hell of a lot of these guys that are head coaches in the league still to this day. Sharp as a tack. Sharp as a tack, even at 80 years old. He probably, he, one, one 80th of his brain would probably be better than any of the Giants coaching staff right now. Absolutely right. And the only reason why his numbers probably in, in history of, 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 you know, coaching, you know what I mean, in regards to how many wins he has and this and that, you know, the only reason why he didn't probably have as many, because he took those breaks in between, coaching bids, but every place he went, he had a winning record or transformed the team. And you're not going to get that. You're not going to get that from all of these coordinators. It's not going to happen. 
I also it's not going to happen. I also think when when you look at the New York Giants as an organization, and you look at and and the the off seasons that they had last year, they brought in Kenny Galladay, which I I said it was a big mistake. They were waiting on Kenny Galladay. He he went. To he he got a chance to look at the the stadium. He had a chance to go look at the training and area and everything. He left and then he came back again. And everybody said he left a second time. And the Giants, everybody was saying, uh, well, they're not going to get Kenny Galladay. Everybody makes Kenny Galladay look like he is one of uh, one of the best uh, wide receivers in football. And Kenny Galladay, even though he's had a very good career with the Lions, he wasn't. Uh, he's big. He's strong. Uh, he he can run routes. He is not. He's not a number one, and he's barely a number two. He's too inconsistent to be a number one, even with Detroit in his peak years. And his best games are are very good, but he's only really a physical guy. He's I mean, he's fast for his size, but he's not overly fast. And the the game is kind of shying away from that when it comes to a concept based thing. And that's kind of what you were saying, Anthony, with this coaching staff too. It seems like a lot of them are not really adjusting to this modern NFL. And maybe the Giants, because they're stuck in their ways, have that kind of issue. Would you pay a guy close to $80 million who only has 21 touchdowns in his whole career and 3,492 yards? And Come on. I, I think how much of those were in his first season, too. I think he had 11 touchdowns one season. And then the last three years, I mean, nothing he's, after that. He's been in the league. Let, let's, let's look. One, two, three, four. And this is his fifth season. Five seasons, he has 21 touchdowns. Yeah. 21. For a guy that's supposed to be a big-bodied physical receiver, yeah. Okay. And 3,492 yards. So you gave a guy with less than 4,000 yards and 21 touchdowns a $78 million contract for four years, which is paying him, what, fifth or sixth uh, right now in the league, mm-hmm. as the highest-paid wide receiver in the league. What are you, nuts? And as, as I correctly suspected, 2019 had 11 touchdowns. Is that Other four seasons combined, 10. I mean, Listen, if you're a giant well, fan, you would be happy. It, if, you, if you really think Galladay, if you really think Galladay is going to be the answer to anything, you're, you're basically in desperation mode, like I was saying earlier. You went for Galladay, or get him and went for Galladay out of desperation mode. Why? Because on paper, and I'm not we, we had this discussion a long time ago when I called in, when uh, Tyler was on his tangent that Barkley is the next Barry Sanders oh, yeah. and all that. If you remember that conversation, yep. the Barry Sanders show, we'll call that the Barry Sanders show. <laughs> and you know what I mean? And it, it, it blows my mind that with the same thing on paper, technically the Giants should have been better. Like the defense, as I said, when, when I was talking to you earlier, it's arguable that the Giants were a top 10 defense when they ended the year last year. It's, it's, you know what I mean? It's it probably, I would say top 10. I think Errol, you said top five mm-hmm. when they ended, mm-hmm. when they ended the season. So on paper, when you add people like Adore Jacks, you know what I mean? And some of, some of the other people that they brought in, you're, and even some of the rookies like Ojolari, who was, who I think quite frankly was a steal when they picked him up at the third round. Even some of the other um, linebackers they brought on one-year contracts. Too. Ojolari was a second-round pick, right? Second-round pick, but he was a, he was a, a valued oh, sorry, as a late first, late first, early second by a lot of people. And, and only fell because he, he had that injury. Over. Right. right, and I'm surprised he passed over. Mm-hmm. To this day, and I'll, I'll say this a million times over, and Ojolari is, is not being used correctly at all. He is not a in-the-dirt guy. He's a guy on the edge, similar to what Cowboys do with Michael Parsons. And, you know, not to mention he's playing on the opposite side of Leonard Williams, which really defeats the purpose. It makes no sense to me. You know, yeah. back when you look at the Giants in the eighties and all that stuff, Leonard who was who was on the outside of who was on the outside shoulder shoulder of Leonard Marshall? Lawrence Taylor. 
you know, it, it's just the way that works. You can't put Ojolari, <laughs> you can't put Ojolari with a with his hand in the dirt, thinking that you're going to get that same, you know, Kiwanuka or Tuckney. It doesn't work that way with Ojolari, you know. And he didn't have his hand in the dirt when he had his first five and a half sacks in the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. And then what happened? They started playing with his hand in the dirt, and he's only had, I believe, one and a half since. Since. Yeah, it seems like he gets a lot of almost sacks now, but hasn't gotten the same level of sack production as the first five games. And the other problem, too, I think schematically, they're kind of – Joe Judge is trying to bring the Patriots – hybrid type defense to make it work with the Giants and I don't know if the Giants necessarily have enough versatility for that. You don't and yeah. the whole thing is you don't have they those have... players. There's certain guys that they covet and I have no idea why. It's almost like that that Mitchell Robinson bullshit where they think that they're gonna develop into something and they keep giving them reps when there's certain guys they shouldn't give reps. Oshilari, yeah you give them reps. You know what I mean? Why the hell uh, Lorenzo Carter and Tay Crowder are. They're oh, I can't stand Tay Crowder. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. I will never get it. You can let me, you know, eat all the retard sandwiches in the world. I'm still not. Oh, I get like it. a retard sandwich. I like it. Well, I mean, those are, retard sandwiches are usually part of my. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mentally challenged sandwiches. Let me get. Let me get this straight. Who knows? I'm going to protest outside your door in two yeah. seconds. <laughs> so, with that being said, you know what I mean. Those sandwiches are usually reserved for the schmucks that think, oh, let's give up the first two picks in the top ten or the top eight picks, you know, within the top eight picks of this year's draft to get guys like Russell Wilson. Yeah, yeah. wow. That's yeah. all that's another Yeah, let's spend let's get let's get a top well, let's... let's get a top tier quarterback in when we can't even protect him from like a friggin' dry fire. Hey, hey why don't we work. why don't we hire uh Tyler Harrison as one of the offensive linemen because that's who he wants. He wants Russell Wilson. By the way, Speedy, read what people are writing, please. Uh Stug says well, you got to keep Saquon, ba- Saquon Sanders or Barkley. Uh, Alex Alex Slow says, speaking of knocked out, I hope Jake Paul gets put to sleep by Woodley on Saturday. So do we. Stuck says, I think that Mike Judge is more interesting than Joe Judge. Hmm, maybe the Giants can hire Isaiah Thomas as a consultant to work for the <laughs> Knicks. And Alex says, it's like when the Redskins had Bruce Allen as their GM. He sucks, too. Yeah, I'm not going to say Dave Gettleman is that bad, but still, <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> well, Bruce Allen, he's had, he had terrible drafts, and, and his, uh, his off-seasons and, and, and the players that he brought in when he was there were horrible. Not, not only that, he was also the same, same guy that in 2016, right before NFL free agency started, was on vacation for about a month. <laughs> I, to me, and I, I, I don't want to go on the Giants the whole show, I, I would say if you're a Giant fan out there, uh, you shouldn't be excited for what we've been hearing uh, going into the offseason because I did also hear that the Giants, being that they might be keeping Joe Judge, might sit on, on Gettleman for another year. Now, if that is the case, because, listen, if you're going to bring in a GM, you're going to want the GM to decide what he wants to do with the coach. And if you're already saying that you're protecting the coach, why get rid of Gettleman? What would be the point of getting rid of Gettleman if, if the, the GM that you're going to bring? First of all, no GM is going to take this job if they can't pick their own coach. They're not going to do it. And if Judge is going to come out and say, I want to keep Daniel Jones, I want to keep this guy, I want to keep that guy, how is the GM going to be able to do his there, job? There is one GM. There is one GM out there, even though he's not a GM. There's one guy that is a candidate that's constantly been known in a lot of circles of getting interviews. I don't know why he hasn't gotten hired in some place, which, I mean, I think the guy's worth a, worth a chance. And hear it a lot when he does the play-by-play. 
it's almost like he's doing an on-the-job interview for the Giants at the time when he's calling some of the game, the national broadcasting games, Lewis Riddick. Right. Lewis Riddick wants the Giant job in the worst way possible. And whenever you hear him do the play-by-play, he is overly analyzing everything that the Giants do, this, that, what Judge does, this, that, blah, blah. He was probably the only person that would want to give Judge a chance in out of all of the other candidates for the job. And at least somebody that has a modern pulse on the game, too. It just doesn't seem like a lot of these Giants coaches or executives right. have that kind of thing. And I'm telling you right now, if we have Kevin, so not, not to cut you off, speak. If, if by some chance they go from Gettleman to Kevin Abrams, you might as well just keep Gettleman. Right. Because ultimately what you're doing is you're just handing puppets for Mara, you know what I mean, one to the next. You're just switching hands of sock puppets and letting Mara, you know, say all the words and they're coming out of your mouth, coming out of the GM's mouth. Yeah. And and that's I, the problem. I also want to refer back, Anthony, to something you said earlier with why are the Giants so scared to get rid of these coaches so quickly? We're seeing other teams do that now. We we're just talking about Urban Meyer. Jacksonville got rid of him after 13 games. I want to get into that. Ari- yeah. I just want to mention a couple others, too. Arizona, one year with Steve Wilkes was gone. Now they brought in Cliff Kingsbury. That now they're right a playoff there. team. That right, there, that right there, I'll tell you right now. Steve Wilkes left without a losing record. And Steve Wilkes was a insanely good coach. He, but he did have a losing record. He was 3-13. and 13. They were 3-13 and 13 that year. Bruce Arians retired, unfortunately, for them in 2017, and then they were 8-8 eight, eight and eight that year. And, they... and, and let's be real. Let's be real. Before you had, and before you had, before you had Kyle, uh, Kyle Murray, who the hell was the freaking quarterback? Well, it was one year Josh Rosen, and before that it was Carson Palmer, but Carson Palmer got hurt that year a lot, so I think it was like Ryan Lindley and Drew Stanton and those guys like exactly. that as backups. You know but I mean? the, other, was, the other team, you know, too, that I just want to mention before we get into Urban Meyer was the Browns, too. The Browns did the same thing with Freddie Kitchens. They knew they had a roster that was talented, and they went 6-10 and 10 with a very easy schedule, and can Freddie Kitchens. Now Stefanski comes in. He's a good playoffs last year, and he's done pretty well this year managing all the injuries and the OBJ drama and all the stuff they've had to deal with this so, year. And the other sh- yeah. shocking thing was that Wilkes didn't get a job after that. Well, he's I'm now their DC. He yeah, he's, their, he's actually now the Browns DC. So let me let me get into this whole yeah. Urban Meyer thing. Okay, we had um, we had a couple of guests yesterday. Obviously, we had RJ and and we had Borowski. He he was on the show too from Sports Illustrated. Uh, both very nice guys, and we were talking about Urban Meyer, and I was making jokes and cracking jokes if he actually has a job at the end of the season. And what happens after the end of the show? Uh, there was a whole fresh uh, breaking news that popped up that Urban Meyer was going to be fired by the Jacksonville Jaguars. And am I surprised about this? Absolutely no. not. Especially hearing the stories uh, early in the season with the girl, uh, when he when his team flew back uh, from Cle- uh, Cleveland, Ohio, uh, to uh, I forget where they were flying. It was, to. C- it was from Cincinnati, I think, to London. Or not, yes, or wherever the they game. were going, yeah. wherever they were going, he didn't fly with the team. He stayed in Ohio uh, and went to his bar. And hung out with a bunch of college students yep. and did whatever he did, played daddy daddy daycare or whatever the hell he did over there in the bar. But, I, I mean, that was strike number one. Strike number two was what this team has turned out to be this year. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, a, a 
game-breaking talent where everybody said he was a, a sure thing, has had a horrible season. He has had 14 interceptions, only nine touchdowns. Uh, yes, he has 2,700 yards, and he's played almost every single game, which is unbelievable for a kid uh, that, let's be honest, doesn't have that many weapons. They decided with all the draft picks and the draft stocks that the draft stock that they had this year to, to add Travis Etienne uh, at the final their final draft pick in the first round bringing in a running back who, by the way, got hurt before the season started and lost him for the season. And, and not to mention that he that Urban Meyer announced, oh, I didn't even want him. I wanted Kadarius Toney. Kadarius Toney. Yeah, way so, to shoot a guy's confidence. So, I mean, hearing that story, and then obviously Kadarius Toney goes to the Giants, but that's a whole other story. But you look at the, strike number three was when it came out about a week ago or a couple of days ago where – uh, I forget what kicker they had on Josh Lambeau. Josh Lambeau, who, uh, by the way, is a very good kicker in the NFL, has been a very good kicker in the NFL, was kicking um, field goal kicks out of practice, and he was missing field goal kicks that he claimed a baby can hit, a teenager can hit. He kicks them in the ass, okay? Which broke news after Lambeau was let go as the kicker for. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, after that, I, I mean, there were stories, there tabloids, and and some of the different uh, stories coming out from the uh, Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio papers, and all that other stuff. He's going to keep his job. This and this and that. And we're going to put Jeff on in just one second because Jeff is calling the show, and I'll I'll get him on. Well, tell you what, let real quick. I'm going to interrupt you guys. Mm-hmm. As we all know, I'm a geriatric. I have to wake up at 3.30. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to keep on listening. Let Joe, let Jeff, let Jeff get his get his two cents in there. Because especially with Tyler not being there, I'm sure he's going to dig into him. Oh, I'm so, sure. Jeff, uh, f- anyway. Anthony, thank you for calling. And, no uh, problem. Talk to you later, buddy. And I'll talk to you Bye. tomorrow, man. Anthony Andorosi, our second caller of the day. Jeff from Rhode Island, not from Tampa. Ah. He's in Rhode Island. What's going on, Jeff? Yes, balmy 60 degrees here today. (laughs) It's not so much the heat, it's the humidity. (laughs) Don't tell that to Tyler. (laughs) Uh, Oh, hey, listen, bring it. I told you, I'm I'm here now. This is, how much closer does he want me to get? (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Uh, What would you like to talk about? What would you like to talk about? Urban Meyer shouldn't have been fired. You really don't think so? Dude, he kicked Josh Lambeau. Who cares about Josh Lambeau? Mm-hmm. Did you Does hear? Who care about Josh Lambeau? No, nobody cares. But the fact is, is that he's been, you know, this season has not been a good season. I know he's a rookie coach in the NFL. This is a guy that's a very well respectable coach, not only in college football, but around the league. And how many people, when he came and he took the job from Jacksonville, how many people loved this move? Loved the fact that Urban Meyer was coming to the NFL. His style, his style of play was going to help Trevor Lawrence develop. Trevor Lawrence hasn't developed this year. I know he's a young quarterback and it takes three years for these quarterbacks to develop, but he hasn't had a good season. And then Urban Meyer's daughter speaks out today. And, and you should read this article because I'm reading it right now. Uh, she she says to the – and I, I'll, I'll read this – to Ryan Gatos, uh, a writer for Fox Sports, Urban Meyer's daughter vows war after Jacksonville fires coach. I think you just released the Kraken in me. So, I, I mean – uh, this whole story that uh, Gigi shut up. Uh, Gigi is speaking out for her father. Like, 
Does Urban Meyer really need his young daughter speaking out for him? I mean, he could speak out for himself. I mean, we haven't heard from John Gruden. What's I'm sure. Gonna what's he gonna say? What's he gonna say though? His whole his whole tenure has been. Uh, yeah, I know you don't like it. I cuss. His his whole tenure has been a clusterfuck. The Iowa strength coach. Yeah. <clears throat> garbage, right? Then uh, bringing Tebow in, right? Oh yeah. Terrible, mm-hmm. right? The 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 kicking of the kicker, the the not flying back with the team, the girl on your lap, the the whole thing. I I I would if I didn't know any better, and sometimes I'm stupid. You'd think he was trying to get fired. When we were talking about with the whole USC job being open, that was a job that he might want. The Notre Dame job opened up, uh, which is another job that he would be, would be very interested in. Uh, that which... job was never open. That job was never open. Okay. Well, it, it, it opened up for like uh, 20, 20, 20 minutes, okay? But nevertheless, it was a job that was open, uh, the LSU position. Uh, there were so many valuable opportunities Oklahoma, yeah. and home run jobs that he could have take, could have taken uh, in college football. And a lot of people thought he was just going to back out of this Jacksonville Jaguars. And then he came out about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, saying that there is no thought in his mind that he's going to leave this team and leave behind what he, he started over here in Jacksonville. And if you look at his drafts, his draft was horrible. Absolutely horrible. I, I wouldn't say that either, but, you know. ETN's hurt. He's lost for the year, but he'll be back next year. Mm-hmm. You, you you don't know what Trevor Lawrence is. Trevor Lawrence could go on to be a Hall of Famer. You still saying it's a horrible draft? No, I'm not talking about Trevor Lawrence, and I'm not talking about e- Travis ETN. Look at the second round. Look at the two they're, second they're, round. No, picks. no, 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 no. They're part. No, no, no. They're part of the draft, man. You can't you can't say his draft is horrible and then start throwing out draft picks that you just don't want to look at. You got to look you, at the draft. When you look at the draft and you, you you try to you know compare and contrast what the draft was. First round draft picks are almost you, you would expect to be sure things. That's what you expect. Okay, it doesn't always happen that way. I know we've gone, we we've talked about this. It, Listen, sometimes- Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence was, by all meanings of it, the highest rated quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. Right. So what, you you can't you can't go. Oh well, why do you take Trevor? Dude, you don't pass on guys like that. You don't do it. How much credit does he actually get for saying, oh, for doing something that everybody thought he would do? Well, he he could have been the Raiders and drafted Jamarcus Russell. Right? Like, credit needs to be given. First of all, he didn't put the team in that position, right? So you can't blame him for drafting number one. He took took over the team then, right? And sometimes, uh, you know, and talking heads like yourselves do it all the time. You guys like to try to outsmart and outthink everybody and whatever. Right. That's what the 49ers have done with Trey Lance. He hasn't even really played. That's what the Jets did with Zach, Zach Wilson. And he's not playing very well. He was the number two draft pick. If we're if we're just judging by how people are playing, how was Mac Jones not the number one pick? The, 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 the kid that's playing the best at that position. Right. So you can't really do that either. That's you know, it's ridiculous. Well, first of all, Mac Jones is put in a position to succeed with the running games. We've talked about that with the running game that they have, the protection that he has. We we know this. Right, but that, right, but that's why you also can't be like, oh well, you know, the, the, he's not playing well. 
Yeah, wait till wait. You know, wait a couple of seasons in when he gets a little bit on him. And, I'm not, and do, dude. Over. I'm just. I'm talking about what we've seen as a player as, so far, Trevor Lawrence as a head coach, as as a specific guy that you would expect it. He wanted to take this job because he wanted to coach Trevor Lawrence. I, and I'm in, and I'm impressed with Trevor Lawrence. Not for nothing. He's playing pretty darn well for a dude running for his life. Mm-hmm. No. Well, I mean, do the Jaguars have uh, any any offensive line? Do they have any? They have a couple of good block? ones, but they've been hurt a lot of the time. Let me tell you something. Right. So, he, so, they, so Trevor they, Lawrence so they, has they a hell of a lot better talent around him offensively than the Jets do. Okay, so to to well, to you're see, mad because I mentioned no, 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 I'm, I'm, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm <laughs> telling you, when you look at Trevor Lawrence and the talent that he has around him, he's got more talent around him than the Jets do. So at, to, at, hold on, at, hold on, at skill positions, yes. okay. And right at skill positions, but if you're not standing back there long enough to even find a guy to throw to, it doesn't mean anything. Which is fair, but again, the Jets have also had offensive line injuries too. Mm-hmm. Now, I think Jacksonville's line, though, went, went well, fully, fully. We're no, we're not comparing. No, 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 no. But you brought Zach Wilson. No, you brought Zach Wilson up, and I, and I'll say no. the same about the Jets and Zach Wilson. You got hurt. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm trying to explain what I'm trying to get at. I don't like what Robert Sala so far and um, uh, what's his name? LaFleur has done for Zach Wilson. They put him in a position to fail, okay? He is not succeeding because of the coaching of Robert Sala and and LaFleur, okay? The same thing with Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer, and and I'll say this again, Urban Meyer is very well respected throughout college football and even the NFL, he was the best. Everybody was talking about the best coach that was hired this offseason from a team. Everybody was so I mean, excited he's, about I mean, he's really not re- I mean, he's really not respected though. I mean, you get like people respect that he had a winning record, but he's not respected. He's like Dabo Swinney. He rules by intimidation. He's he's a he's a piece of shit scumbag. He helped cover up the Aaron Hernandez thing at Florida, right? Like you can go anywhere Urban Meyer has gone. He has left whatever organization he has been with, except for Utah, in a worse position than when he got there. Well, that's because he built those organizations, too. I mean, no, he also no, that's not even close to true. You think he built the University of Florida? You think you think he did all of that himself? Florida has been a good job in the SEC since forever. Uh, absolutely. Steve Spurrier, Steve Spurrier did a good job coaching there. What he did was he brought in a bunch of scumbag players, broke a bunch of rules, and when he left that school, he left them on probation. And, and same thing with Pete Carroll with USC. Well, what we've seen in college football, a lot of these coaches have bought themselves out of the position and out of the jobs that they had with those particular schools and we've seen that uh, Lane Kiffin being another just, one okay just because just because he has a winning record doesn't really mean he he's respected look at what happened to him in uh at, at, at Ohio State Jeff with the whole with the whole assistant coach and and all the racist shit that he was saying and just because he was winning the boosters were like well screw it let's keep him we're going to a national Jeff let me ask you a question honestly when he went when people were talking about before Obviously, Urban Meyer was hired by the Jacksonville Jaguars, okay? You're going to tell me that people weren't excited, that the analysts and, and uh, outside of the NFL, that Urban Meyer was coming to the NFL and he was going to take a job with the Jacksonville Jaguars? You're going to tell me uh, that nobody many, was excited? How, how many people did you know said, that's never going to work? Basically, everybody. 
Yeah, most people did. I, uh, uh, but there were, but there were, there were some, there were some. Like, there were thinking, a lot of people that loved. They this. were thinking because he's the popular college coach that it was going to work. But again, uh, good the good college football fans know that that kind of thing was going to crash and burn with his Ever, ego. Every, everyone I know was like, "This is just never going to work," and they were count, counting down to implosion. No one ever expected the implosion to happen this quickly, but yeah. they all saw it coming. A lot of the a lot of the college coaches that a lot of people think are thinking are going to work in the NFL are more for the offensive scheme type things, not really like the big flashy names. I mean, the big flashy names are always going to get mentioned. Everyone's like, "Oh, when's Nick Saban going to return to the NFL?" Yeah, Urban Meyer was like that for a while. Dabo Sweeney, the last two years, has now been in that conversation. What was the most recent one? He was going to be the Ra- like the Raiders were interested in hiring yeah, yeah, him yeah. as a head coach. Yeah, but, yeah, hold on, hold on now. But if if you want to talk about Dabo Sweeney since you're bringing him up. How many people think Dabo Swinney's a good coach? Not many I know. Well, a lot of people don't like Dabo Swinney because he, he has a very uh, unique personality. He's, a, he's, he's another one that rules by intimidation. He's the biggest dude in college football fighting the NIL rules right. because he doesn't want players to have any power. And not for nothing, let's see how good of a coach he is now that Brent Venables isn't there to help him. Uh-huh. That was a nice hire, too, for Oklahoma, too. That's going to help well, him transition but I'm just, easier. I'm yeah. just – I'm just telling you, a lot of these guys, listen, Saban's a good coach. Every, he, right. he he turns over coaches left and right. He's got Kiffin, and then he's got Sarkeesian. Now he's got Bill O'Brien. He had Brian Dayball. He had all of these dudes. Every year it's a new coach. The train keeps rolling down the tracks with Nick Saban. Let's see what Dabo Swinney is now that his coach has finally left him. But I, I also, think he's going to be exposed. I also think the way the NFL game is transitioning, too, a lot of the – college coaches that are going to be brought up in these rumors are ones that are not necessarily ones with these big egos, but ones that are going to work well with young quarterbacks and make that kind of thing work. And I think Urban Meyer got kind of too cute and too egotistical with his own thing, kind of culture, his whole kind of scheme and trying to make it an NFL culture, which obviously it's not. And and if you think Dabo Swinney is going to be a good NFL coach or has the I don't think he's going to be an NFL coach. I I don't think he's leaving college football. I mean, anyone who thinks that's probably wrong anyways. How do you think Dabo Swinney's going to handle um, – like, just name a team. Someone has a commercial. I'll just the, Ra- the, the Raiders because they were the most recent rumor. <laughs> right, but I'll just use the Browns in this instance because okay. Baker Mayfield has commercials. Not that he's good. He just has commercials. You're already seeing a college coach that hates NIL and doesn't want them to have money because he wants to have all the control. What do you think would happen if he went to Cleveland and Baker's like, well – I'm going to go shoot this silly commercial with Alice Cooper about having his shoes delivered to the wrong house, right? <laughs> He's going to hate it because he wants to have full control over their lives, over, you know, he, you know, he hates the transfer portal because, you know, he's going to lose players if he doesn't play. He wants to have full control and guys that do that are terrible coaches. And besides the point, they're also terrible people. Stark says, OMG, Jason Garrett for GM. Oh, God. And then First Ur- of all, the next guy, the next guy that's going to coach the Jaguars before we go any further is going to be Byron Leftwich. I so can see it's that. a moot point anyways. Really? You think, I think it's Dable. I think Dable will take that job. If he gets he's one for that go- job. He's, he's not going anywhere. That next coach, it, there's only three people for that job. Maybe four, but probably three. I would have Leftwich at the – I would have Leftwich second – the first guy I think would be Eric Bieniemy, just because right. Eric Bieniemy finished runner-up to Urban Meyer this last time. He had beaten everybody else out, and Shad Khan, for whatever reason, was like, "Screw it, we'll go with Urban Meyer." <laughs> well, nobody said he was the brightest. Brilliant, <laughs> but not for nothing. 
and I don't know if Beav is listening because I hope this one's the one that happens. <laughs> Kellen Moore it could be a dude. Oh God, please. Oh God, please. He's he's completely transformed that offense. Oh, give me They're a break. Actually... We, we we had a cowboy guy on yesterday, uh, RJ Ochoa, and he even said he's absolutely ruined that offense. Five games span, uh, that offense has been horrible, and they can't. Yeah, let me let me give you one example of a miracle that uh, Kellen Moore performed earlier this year. Do you think, think about a miracle. If, if you could think of any miracle that could possibly happen, what would it be in your lifetime? How about Cooper Rush throwing to 325? Okay. <laughs> and, uh, who did he throw against? Minnesota. <laughs> I mean, come Minnesota, on. Play, Minnesota plays good, pretty good defense. Oh. Their front Cooper seven Rush. does. Their secondary is questionable. Come on, man. And doesn't, I liked Bashaw Breeland in the past, but he really doesn't on, fit there. Patrick hold Peterson's hold in on. trouble. Terrific. It's still an NFL defense, mm-hmm. and we're still talking about Cooper Rush. Mm-hmm. It, you don't see that as a miracle? Okay. Uh, Mike White threw, threw 300, whatever, 400, 400, whatever, on the Bengals. Are we saying Mike the Bengals' White, Mike, secondary Mike, is any Mike, good? Mike White can play football. Mike White was actually a quarterback. Tell me where Cooper Rush went. Hold, hold on one second. Okay. You're going to tell me. Hold on. All right. Hold on. Mike, Mike White was on the Cowboys practice squad, and Cooper Rush was on there over him. So that has to say a no little bit. No way. That's, you can't sit here and tell me that, that Cooper that's Rush. Jerry, that's just because Jerry Jones, when he likes someone, he keeps him. That's just <laughs> that, what that whatever. is. Whatever. <laughs> the Bengals secondary isn't great either. And, Mike, and proving so by Mike White right. throwing 406. So Doug the Cat says, Hashtag time to make the coastlaw. And he says, hashtag ban the beef. <laughs> oh, no. Make the beef move. Uh, make the, make beef. the beef move. Snug also says, Mike White for MVP. <laughs> Dude, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you, Kellen Moore has done a really good job. First of all, Zeke Elliott's been banged up all year. Tony Pollard's missing games. They're having offensive linemen out. And, the, it, and listen, I get it's still the NFC East, but the Cowboys still have one of the top records in all of the NFC. And what are they, third? They're nine and four. They're fourth right now. It's a three-way tie for for top three with the Packers, Bucks, and Cardinals. But that has a lot to do with what the Cowboys are doing defensively, and Micah Parsons is playing. I get it, but they're still scoring points, man. Some games they're scoring 40, 45 points. Like, they're still scoring points. No, I'm not taking that away from them. I don't, I don't think Kellen Moore is going to be a good coach in this league. I, I really don't. And Byron Leftwich, as good as well, he is over there in Tampa. We can, we, we can agree to disagree on that one. He's got Tom Brady over there. I so. actually like Leftwich, though, because he also was honest – the Arians assistant coaching and staff he was with a Arizona, Jaguar. too. And he was a Jaguar. And he was, and he was a Jaguar, yes. exactly. The the golden boy returns home. Do you know what I'm saying? Like That you know, could happen, I'm, but I, Eric Bieniemy and, and, and Dayball are going to be the two big names that everybody's going to be talking about. I don't think Dayball is going to get any looks. Really? Really? I, I, think I don't he think is. he's going to get any looks. Oh, I do. I think he's going to get a job. I do. I think he's going to get one, shot. too, just because I think there's going to be a lot more available than we've seen in previous off-seasons. I think... I think Chicago, obviously, they're going to get rid of Nagy. I think Minnesota will be available. I think he'll end up getting something. You're right. I'm a little less confident than last year, maybe, just because of the inconsistencies. Guarantee Dable gets a job. I agree with Arrow. He'll get a job. He is going to get a job. Somebody is going to give him a job. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I wouldn't have him at the top of the list. He hasn't. I don't. Just personally, I don't think he's been around long enough. He was an assistant with the Patriots. He spent one year as the OC at Alabama, and now this is what his second year as OC with the Bills. Third, you know, third, third year. Okay, well, third year, but you know, and not for nothing. It's not like the it's not like the Bills. 
offense is doing very well. I mean, listen, they scored oh, hold six on. points hold, against the Jaguars. So you're going to tell me. So you're going to tell me right now, and we got to let you go, Jeff. And I want you. I want you to call back because we're going we're gonna to make our picks later. And and we yes, always. Yes. Did have you to. see me pull away from you? That was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> you gained one game on him one last game week. On me. <laughs> Relax. No. Relax. Uh, yeah, I, I just looked it up, away. Jeff. Yeah, Twelve and two. You were no, last no, week. No, Errol no, was eleven no. to three. Right, well, so we had three games different. We had we picked three games different, and I know I won two out of the three. I know sure. those were the two, and Errol got the oh, yeah. Rams right on Monday night. You picked Arizona. <laughs> oh, oh, dude. Oh, oh my God. Can you imagine? And by the way, Speedy, thanks for reaching out via Twitter. Uh, that was yes, a sweet message yes. from you. I had to make I had to make sure Jeff knew that Zayvon Collins recovered the outside kick. If if you if if I could tell you how erect I was when that happened, <laughs> um, I listen. I've been telling you about Zayvon Collins this whole time, and bingo, bango, he pops up on a Monday night. Uh, do you see how like? The most of big players play in the most important moments, and I couldn't think of a more important moment than recovering an onside kick. Special team stud. Not just special team stud; he's also playing defense. Well, obviously, but now, now you can add the you can add the special team stud to the list, though. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> he's, he's he's a man that wears many hats. I'm sure he does. But who's the guy I, that they said? Uh, who's the guy yesterday? Yeah, the Cincinnati linebacker. We had a uh, Adams. I think his name. Uh, is? I forget. I forget his name. The Cincinnati linebacker is projected to be a fourth fifth round pick that uh, Jack Borowski. I'll get one of really likes and compared him compared to, him to Zayvon Collins. Zayvon Collins. We'd even mentioned Zayvon Collins, and he compared him to Zayvon Collins. Well, so. where did you where did you hear that name first? Just so you know. By you the way, and me. by the way, who who other prognosticators who you'll have on the show say late second round pick? <laughs> oh, not very. Well, good. he he only projected I, this guy to be a fourth round pick. He just thinks he could be very similar. You let me know when you want to know about a player, and I'll I'll let you know. I'll drop the knowledge to you. Do you know what I'm saying? Call like, this back. Is, I mean, it's getting ridiculous how just on point I am. And it's so good of you to acknowledge that via Twitter for the public to see speak because it it just it's just so damn hard being this right always. Do you know what I'm saying? It's outrageous. Oh, here's the guy, Darian Beavers. Beavers. The you like the beaver, man. You like the beaver. Beef. How, how do I like that? Beef. We got him. <laughs> he hates Ugh. him. He hates him I already. Pos- I positively hate him already. This is just. <laughs> yeah. There, there, nothing good is going to. Listen, if we know anything about anything, it's everything that the beef likes sucks. Right. So it's 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 hard to imagine someone named after him could possibly be any good. <laughs> Jeff, call back at 11. You crazy. You're a crazy. You know what? I'm not even going to say it. We'll talk to you in a little while. <laughs> Jeff from Tampa. He's in Rhode Island. He's crazy, man. He's crazy. <laughs> All right, let's go to a quick break. When we come back, we will be talking to Clutch Points, head of video department and NBA writer, Calvin Fong, here on the Sports Lab Bounce. You're you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mouths. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. I feel like I'm I, Juice. You ever see the movie Juice with uh, Tupac Shakur? Have you ever seen? Oh, I never Abs? saw it. No, I never saw it. I remember Eric describing it one time. You're, you're too young. 
Yeah. Too young. I remember Eric Coleman on the weekend cuts describing it, though. That's right. Eric Coleman, buddy. That's right. I mentioned the juicy. As you guys know, this is the Sports Lab Nuts. I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey. You can call us at 631-672-3108. You can download our app by going to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. You can go to our app store or the application store on iOS, WWSRN or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What's the score of the game right now, Speedy? 14-13. Oh, so this is a close game. I can't see it because we have a camera. Yeah, it was 14-10 at halftime. They just got a field goal. So Before we get to our guest, I, I don't know what's going on with these uh, you know, professional athletes and movie stars. I, I, I don't know if anybody knows who Chris North is, okay? He, he was in Sex in the City, played Mr. Big. He's been on a couple of movies. Uh, you guys would probably know if you saw his face. He obviously has been accused for sexual assault to two women. Uh, I mean, I don't know what's going on in the movie business or in the sports business, but it's hard to believe that these athletes, these movie stars, think that they're going to get away uh, doing something like this, a.k.a. Deshaun Watson. Uh, if, if it is true that he did it to 22, 21 different women, the the domestic abuse that he had uh, with these masseuses or right. massage therapists. Yep. I, I mean, first of all, why would you have 22 massage therapists? I mean, I, I, I mean, it doesn't make sense unless he really is trying to move from one massage therapist to the other. I don't know. But this is a disgusting story. And if it is true, uh, a 60, 67-year-old actor, very well known in the movie business, Chris North, uh, should be absolutely rectified and, and thrown into jail. It, it's just disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. That's just my thoughts. Uh, why don't we go uh, to our guest, our, our first guest of the day. Uh, we are now talking to Clutch Points, head of video department and NBA writer, Calvin Fong. What's going on, Calvin? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, you know what's so funny? Tyler, a.k.a. Mothball Harrison, our co-host, wanted to be here because – uh, he found out, um, you know, yesterday before we were announcing you after the show that we were going to get you on today. Uh, Speedy was telling us that you used to work for the Golden State Warriors. So he is a big Steph Curry fan. And we're going to get into the whole Steph Curry thing because I got my own thoughts to Steph Curry. But tell the fans a little bit about you. How did you become, uh, you know, working for the video department and now the head of video department and writing for the NBA? Yeah, uh, well, I didn't work for the Warriors. Maybe write, write about them a okay. lot is what okay. I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, I was a middle school teacher for six years. Uh, and a while back, I was looking for a new side hobby um, when my wife was pregnant with her first child. Uh, she went to sleep early, so I needed something to do at nights. And I love the Warriors. Uh, I've been a Warriors fan since I was a little kid. And so I wanted a, a place to write about them. And so I just started freelancing for different sites, different blogs. And then I eventually found a gig at Clutch Points, just doing some writing for them, writing some articles uh, and then eventually they brought me on into the video department, working part time, uh, helping make some of their short videos, uh, just one minute or less stories about the NBA. Uh, and that's led me here now working full time uh, with the video department. And so I, I left teaching uh, just this past year in, in June. And so I've been at this job for six months now, full time. Congratulations, by the way. Uh, hard work does pay off, as we all know. Uh, as we've been doing the show for a pretty long time, and we're working on some great things, uh, not only uh, what we do on 103.9 FM on Long Island, but uh, on a major network uh, in the very, very near future. But 
Uh, tell us a little bit about your thoughts uh, with Steph Curry breaking the three-point record. Uh, I, a lot of people, a lot of New York fans uh, thought and think that he purposely made sure that he broke the record in Madison Square Garden, which I think is a, a hilarious thought, but that's just... Uh, <laughs> I went to the great Spike Lee meme. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but whatever the case is. What are your thoughts to Steph Curry breaking the three-point record out of, what, a 780 shots or something like that, some crazy number? Uh, I, I, the fact that he has 780 three-point shots in such a short time is pretty crazy, but uh, what are your thoughts of him breaking that uh, record by Ray Allen? I think it was 700 games. Yeah, he did it, and Ray Allen did it in like 1,300, so it was like five, 600 less. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know if he purposefully waited for Madison Square Garden. It does fit a lot of the narratives, though. That's where he had that breakout 54-point uh, game in, what, 2013? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he loves playing in Madison Square Garden. He wanted to be drafted by the Knicks. Uh, and so it, it's amazing. I, I remember watching him when he just started out his career. I had a lot of doubts as a Warriors fan. Like, is this guy the real deal? He can just shoot. It, like, we probably should have kept Monte Ellis instead of him. Uh, but now it's just insane to see what he's done and how the league has responded in, in this whole three-point revolution. And now you guys, you got guys chucking threes in transition, and you didn't have that before. And, and Steph's not the sole guy who started that, but he's certainly a big part of it. So it's been amazing to see and, and just a, a storybook way to do it in New York. So I want to ask about that specifically because we know Steph Curry's had a big influence on the game when it comes to the three-point game as a whole and a lot of these these not only big men, but also these point guards that can shoot now too, but it's kind of switching now to where you want wings and also big men that could shoot too. And also that could pass. So do you, do you see that kind of thing becoming the new norm or do you see it kind of going back to maybe the three point game with the guards? Yeah, no, I do see that being a new norm that it almost seems like a requirement that you need to be able to shoot, to be a wing, be a, a big man in the league now. Uh, and just moving more towards this positionless basketball, right? Fitting that Draymond's on the team because he's kind of the, the leader, spearheading that as well, uh, that I think eventually positions are going to go away. And we might still have the titles like point guard, shooting guard, small forward, but really it's just five guys on the court. The best five guys can all shoot, can all pass, can all drive, can all play make. Uh, and I think eventually it seems like that's where the league is going with this whole three-point revolution and and everybody needing to be able to to shoot and not just on offense on defense too what the Warriors have been doing uh like their whole switching defense everyone's got to be long everyone's got to be athletic and I think the league's also going towards that as well uh we are talking to clutch points uh head of video department and NBA writer Calvin Fong Calvin you look at the Warriors and, and look what they've done over the last couple of years, bringing in Kevin Durant, winning all those championships. They've won three championships, two with Kevin Durant, one without him. Uh, and a lot of people look at Steph Curry, and they like to give Steph Curry all the compliments, and he's the reason why this team has been so successful. Well, I beg to differ. You have Clay Thompson, who is probably the best two-way player or one of the best two-way players in the league at his position before he tore his Achilles and then tore his ACL. And then obviously Draymond Green, who is, to me, uh, the roughest, the meanest, and probably the best two-way power forward slash center we've seen in the last 12, 13 years, uh, really since Dennis Rodman, okay, uh, what he does and, and how annoying and how you know popular he was on and off the, uh, off the court. So your thoughts to why people think it's Steph Curry uh, and, and, and the reason why 
the Golden State Warriors have been so great is because of Steph Curry. Yeah. Uh, well, first is is optics. Right, a team always needs a superstar, and anytime you have a superstar, people often gravitate towards him. Like he's the reason for all the success, uh, whether that be LeBron, KD, whoever. And so, yeah, Steph is the head of this team. He's the face of the team, and so of course, people think he's the center. Uh, you're right in that it is definitely a team effort. Like they don't get to where they've gotten without Draymond for sure. And they don't get to where they've gotten without clay. Uh, but Steph, I think the reason why so many people are saying that he is the focal point is because basically the system doesn't really work without him, not just shooting. I'm not going to talk about shooting, but all the stuff he does off ball. The, the screens he's setting. He can draw two defenders just by standing in the corner and running around. And that's created open looks for Clay. It's created open dunks for Draymond, Iggy, KD. Uh, that's how much other teams fear him. I remember when they had Durant in the finals, it was in transition a few times and Steph's running to the corner or, or to the wing and Kevin Durant's bringing the ball up and the Cavs defenders went to Steph and they just allowed a wide open lane to KD and they'd rather allow KD dunks than to allow a, a three to Steph. And so I think that gravity is also a big reason uh, why he is the center point of this offense uh, and why the team has been so successful. Um, but you're right in that you need all the parts to work. If you take the other guys off the team, even with Steph and his gravity, they don't get to where they've gotten in this whole dynasty without the other guys too. So I also want to ask about one of the more polarizing debates in this NBA community since he's taken over is Steve Kerr. Some of us, Errol and I both think he's a kind of a figurehead type coach. He's just a product of the, of the Splash Brothers and Draymond Green and the system that they put together. And even the backcourt depth they had on that 2015 team with Sean Livingston and guys like that. And there's also other guys that now think that he kind of invented that kind of thing and, cha- and not necessarily changed the game, but kind of made that a more modern trend with the scheme he has with the three-pointer. So where do you fall on that? Yeah, he's had good teams. It's always hard to judge a coach. Uh, yeah, he came into a really good situation in, in 2014. Although he did take basically a lot, basically the same core of players that Mark Jackson had in 2013 and before. And he took that team to the next level with his offense and defense. Uh, but then to your point that he's kind of just the figurehead, uh, in 2015-16, he was out like the whole first quarter of the season. And then Luke Walton took over, right? And Luke Walton went 24-0 to start the year. Uh, so that would be an argument against. Yeah, personally, I think he's a good coach. Um, outside of X's and O's, uh, a coach needs to be able to relate to the players. And uh, and it's kind of similar to teaching because I, I come from a teaching background. And and I see Kerr as, as a really good teacher and that he's able to take guys aside and explain to them what they did wrong as opposed to some other coaches where they might just brush it under the rug or they'll yell at their players in, in like a harsh way, which some players might not respond well to. I think Kerr does a good job of encouraging his players, uh, creating that atmosphere. I think it's four, he has four core beliefs that he's been using since he came into coaching. They've been like mindfulness, joy, competitiveness. And I think, I forget the last one, but he's done a good job of implementing that in the culture. Uh, and he said something interesting a few days ago that, uh, a culture is not a culture if it leaves when you start losing. That it has to remain through losing years. That's how you know you've built a good culture. And evidence of the Warriors having that is that they had a, a losing year when a couple of years ago when no Steph, no Clay, KD just left. 
and they only won like what, 15 games all year. And they still had maintained that culture through that year. And then last year when it's just Steph and the guys, they maintain that culture, even though they were like a middling team, eight seed team. Uh, and now when you have the pieces back, then they can get back to their winning ways. And that culture has always been there of, of playing with joy and, and playing, uh, playing hard, no matter the circumstances. So I, I'm, I'm a fan of Kerr. Uh, I can see how some people would have criticisms of him that he may be just a figurehead. And I, and I get that. I like how he relates to the players. Calvin, when you look at Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant was on the uh, All of Smoke, the, the yeah. All of Smoke show, we actually took a, a line that he said, um, and and it's so funny because uh, what's his name again? Matthew Matt Bar- Barnes. Matt Barnes said. So Matt Barnes said to Kevin Durant that it was always Kevin Durant then Golden State. Kevin Durant was Golden State when. They won those two titles. He was the best player on the court. He was the MVP every single year uh, that they won the championship. And he never got the respect, not only from the Golden State fans, but he never got the respect from the league. Everybody said he went there to win championships. He didn't go over there to be a leader to win championships and become a phenomenal uh, franchise organization to win multiple championships. When you look at Kevin Durant, and obviously that probably was the reason why he decided to go play with Kyrie instead of staying and playing with Steph. When when you look at Kevin Durant and what Kevin Durant has said over the last couple of weeks and really what Kevin Durant is doing right now in Brooklyn, do you believe that Kevin Durant was the Golden State Warriors when he was in Golden State? Yeah, he was coming into that 73-1 team in 2016. I remember KD saying he always felt like it was it was KD and the Warriors, right? It wasn't like you were saying, he was not the Warriors. It was always him and then everyone else. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that drove him away, right? He didn't like that that Steph was getting all the attention, or not just specifically Steph, but that other guys, role players, like I think one time he said he didn't like that Mo Spates had a nickname like Mo Buckets and the fans <laughs> loved him, uh, but he didn't have like that kind of nickname. And so uh, he said he felt it, he always knew it was going towards a, a separation. Was he the Golden State Warriors? I think he fit well into their system. And then what a luxury when the system breaks down, just throw it to KD. He can ISO one-on-one and get you buckets anytime. Uh, and yeah, he won finals MVP both of the times uh, with him. That second year, Steph, Steph gave him a run for his money that second year. I think he got like four four votes for finals MVP. He, he averaged like 20, 27, six and six, something like that. Uh, but yeah, I think KD fit well into the system. Uh, I think how he's viewed on the Warriors is always people are always kind of fogged up in how they view it because of how he got there, because of him leaving OKC, uh, people calling it one of the weakest, softest moves of all time. Uh, and so I think that kind of clouds people's judgment and how they they viewed him. And so he thought winning a chip, beating LeBron, people would consider him as the best player in the world now. But that didn't happen, partly because maybe how people saw him and, and they didn't agree with the reason why he went. They thought it was a soft move. And so, uh, yeah, I thought he was a great fit, but wasn't what, what Katie wanted. He, th- he said he thought a championship would fulfill him. He said he thought it'd be more fulfilling than this. And it wasn't. Yeah. Now he gets to go play with uh, his friends, Kyrie, Deandre Jordan over in Brooklyn. I'm happy for him. And yeah, it seems like he's, he's doing well coming back from injury, but yeah, MVP I, I don't think well. it was destined to last forever. MB- MVP, MVP. Well, cause oh, yeah. to me, he's the MVP yeah. of the league right now. He's been unbelievable. 
Uh, he's averaging more assists than he's ever averaged. By the way, Steph Curry's only he's averaging one more assist. I think Steph is averaging six point three. He's averaging five point eight uh, for a power forward or a three, whatever you want to call Kevin Durant uh, with the wingspan he has. Not a primary ability. ball handler, yes, regardless. <laughs> the fact that he is a passer now, he's rebounding almost eight rebounds a game. And he's scoring twenty nine a clip. I mean. I mean, how could you not say that this guy isn't the MVP of the league? Yeah, yeah, and I'm with you. Uh, MVP, KD would be up there. I think Jokic has a really strong yeah. argument. It's not getting talked about enough, maybe because being in Denver, uh, a smaller market. Uh, I mean, Steph's getting MVP buzz just because of what he's doing. The Warriors are, are one seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sure, he can be in the conversation, but I think Jokic and KD also have really strong arguments uh, for MVP right now. Yeah, I was going to ask, in terms of both the MVP races and also the competition across the Western Conference and also the NBA Finals, because the Golden State Warriors are a great team right now, who do you think is the biggest threat to both of those? Is it is it Durant directly? Is there somebody else maybe that's a dark horse that we're not talking about? And in the West, is it the Suns that are the biggest threat? And in the East, are the Nets the biggest threat, is it, or is it someone else, you think? Yeah, in the West, I think we got a glimpse of that in those two games back-to-back against the, against the Suns, right? Uh, the Suns beat the Warriors in Phoenix, and the Warriors got the better of him at home, but then there was no Devin Booker. Uh, Phoenix played them well overall, even though they split, split at one and one Mikel Bridges defended Steph well. I and mean, anytime you can put length on Steph, uh, and then guarding Steph is never just a one-man job. It has to be the team defense, uh, and your rotations have to be on point. You have to take away the three. And the Phoenix did a really good job of that. And so I could see if that were a playoff series, of all the things they could throw at Steph defensively, that could give the Warriors problems. Now, we haven't seen the Warriors with Clay, uh, and we don't know what Clay is going to be like when he comes back. And I think it's going to take him a couple months to, to ramp up his endurance. Uh, but that Suns defense uh, was probably one of the best I've seen anyone play the Warriors all season. Philly did a good job. Uh, Matisse Thibel, uh did, did an excellent job as well. Uh, but I'd say the Phoenix out of the West. In the East... Uh, yeah, how can you not go Nets? Uh, and we don't even know, like, if Kyrie comes back, uh, or even if he doesn't, KD's just playing at such an unbelievable level right now. Uh, and then you got the added motivation that KD would want to beat his old team. Uh, Harden's out there, who probably hates the Warriors and really wants to beat them as well. In his uh, head forever. So, oh, hold on, hold on. Who's to say... That Golden State's going to the finals, buddy. <laughs> I mean, he's just setting up the storyline because he's right about Harden. They're in his head. Forever. I could set up some storylines. You want to hear them? <laughs> That's fair. They're a long way from the finals, but the storylines are definitely there if they do meet in the finals. It'd be entertaining. Yes. As you guys know, we are talking to Clutch Points, head of video department and NBA writer, Calvin Fong. Calvin, uh, you mentioned the Phoenix Suns. And, and and to me, Chris Paul has been the MVP of the league the last two years. Okay? Let's be honest. And I, I'm, I hate how the MVP uh, is – the voting is, you know, is put together. It just doesn't make any sense. Let's go and look at what Chris Paul has done everywhere he's gone. Okay? The Clippers, obviously, he went over there. Lob City, uh, he took them to the playoffs every single year. Went healthy. He Chris Paul was always in the playoffs. Never had a healthy team. Never had a healthy team around him. Then he gets traded to OKC. He goes to OKC. 
that team is the youngest team in basketball. No superstar, no player. Russell Westbrook's gone. He goes over there. He gets. I think he got traded for Russell Westbrook, if I'm not mistaken, or he's involved in that trade. I, I don't remember. I think they traded for him after the yeah, fact. Yeah, after the fact. Whatever. Uh, they moved him in over there. He had one year. They were a fifth seed going into the playoffs. OKC was a fifth seed. Then he gets traded to Phoenix in the offseason last year, okay? He goes to the Phoenix Suns, which, by the way, were 14th. They were ranked 14th in the Western uh, – what was it, 14th or something? Yeah, something, something like, like that, yeah. 14th in the Western Conference or something like that. Uh, they were one of the worst teams in the West. He goes over there, and he makes them a number one seed, and he takes them all the way to the finals, okay? And this man has not gotten any respect from the league, the MVP voting. Uh, he is, to me, the best point guard of our generation. It's not even an argument. And the fact that people don't give him the credit for what he has done in the NBA is a crazy uh, estimation. And by the way, people are putting Steph Curry in the top five best point guards of all time, which I think is crazy when Chris Paul has been a dominant force in the NBA since he's come into the league. And he plays two-way basketball. So I want to know your opinion. And you got to be honest with me. And you are a Golden State Warriors fan. If you were to True. take a player right now at your point guard position, who would you take, Chris Paul or Steph Curry, right now? It would depend on the other pieces on the team. I think you're absolutely right that Chris Paul makes every team he goes to better. I was surprised when he went to OKC and he took that team that far to where they got to. Uh, yeah, that was like a wake-up call for me. Like I knew Chris Paul was good, but he can drag that team there. Uh, him on Houston, they had the Warriors beat, and I don't remember what it was, 2018? Until he got hurt. Uh, yep. And then him getting injured, uh, it, it that that kind of turned the series, and then the Warriors won the last two games, and you got the, the what, 27 straight missed threes. Uh, so, yeah, he easily could have a ring right now if he had stayed healthy that year, too. I don't know about MVP of the whole league the past couple of years, but you're you're definitely right in that he deserves more credit. I think if I had to choose one player right now, if it's the Warriors, uh, then I want Steph on that team just because he is that system and Draymond needs to play with a guy like Steph. But if it's any other team out there uh, and say they have three-point shooting already and they need that glue guy, you go Chris Paul. And he's shown that he can take a, a team, he can take a good team to the next level. He can take a bad team into the playoffs. Uh, yeah, he doesn't get the kind of buzz that other candidates might get maybe because scoring numbers aren't amazing and people tend to fall in love with volume scoring. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you that he's, he's been really good uh, and he needs more attention. Uh, but yeah, if I, if I've got the Warriors team, I, I would still want Steph at that helm because they don't have the dynasty. If you replace Steph with Chris Paul for those years, last question for me, one bold prediction for the remainder of the season for the Warriors and just throughout the NBA it could be anything, could be a trade, could be a, could be a, a finals playoff prediction. One bold prediction for both. I get traded to the New York Knicks and I become a superstar and, and, and make the crowd go wild at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> No, I like the prediction. Well, obviously, I'm biased, and I'm a Warriors <laughs> fan. So uh, I could see them getting to the finals if they stay healthy. Uh, and if they get to the finals, I think Steph hears all the chatter about this whole no finals MVP thing, about this whole doesn't perform on the biggest stage thing. And I think if he gets to the finals, he'll show out, and they'll win it all. Uh, and he ties LeBron in rings, and then we start having uh, – 
and then maybe he enters that that top five point guard discussion, which which you don't think he's in right now. But maybe with another ring and another MVP, he he would. So bold prediction: they do everything. Steph gets the MVP, Warriors win it all, and he uh, cracks your top five point guard. <laughs> uh, I mean, most most people are thinking it's either him or Magic for one two. But they're crazy. But I'd be interested in. I'd be interested in seeing your list for, for five point guards. I, I I could tell you my list, and it wouldn't be Steph Curry, that's for sure. People forget about Isaiah Thomas. They forget about mm-hmm. John Stockton. They forget about uh, Jason Kidd. Yeah. Kid. I mean, these guys transition the game. They change the game for what it is today. And the fact that people are putting Steph Curry there. And he's not a predominant point guard in my eyes. He's more of a 2-1. That's what he is. And if you want to say he's the best 2-1 a point, you know, I guess whatever you want to call it, a two-one type of player. Yes, he's the best. But as far as a one, come on, man, he doesn't even lead the league and assist at the point guard position. What does the point guard predominantly do? He passes the ball. He makes everybody around him better. Steph Curry last year, as his team wasn't bad, he couldn't even get him in the playoffs. So in my eyes, with Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins and Wiseman and all the players that they had, they had a good team. They weren't great, but a good enough team that should have made the playoffs. And they didn't make the playoffs. And to me, that says a lot about who Steph Curry is as as a point guard. If you want to say he's the best 2-1 player, unbelievable shooter, greatest shooter we've ever seen. No question. But I, I I hate it when people say he, he when he's better he's not even the best point guard in the league right now okay and that's my opinion when I look at every statistic and what a point guard is supposed to do making players around him better and and, and again that doesn't take away his greatness as a shooter because he's special and that's nothing there's nothing to sniff about yeah I think that's fair if yeah if we're talking the the mold of what a traditional point guard is. Uh, then yeah, Stockton, Jason Kidd, Chris Paul, Isaiah Thomas, right? Uh, I also think though that comparing across different eras is it's so difficult uh, because the game was so different mm-hmm. uh, pretty much in every decade, and so it really it's comparing apples and oranges. I'm not a big fan of all-time rankings really for anything in basketball just because it's so different. Mm. And I mean, not many of us are old enough to have seen all these guys that we rank play. Like I, I'm 29. I haven't. I didn't have the pleasure of seeing Magic and Bird play. Wilt and Bill Russell, uh, and those guys, Oscar Robertson, Jerry West. And so at some point, we're just kind of, uh, we're guessing based on what we know about them, based on the stats that we see, based on what we've read about how they changed the game. Uh, so I'm not a big fan of trying to compare them. Maybe we should change more into like a top five of the decade or like the goats of this era or something. I'd be more a fan of that. Uh, but you're right and that stuff doesn't fit the traditional mold of a point guard. Uh, and I, I will say, though, to last year's team, uh, last year's Warriors team was not amazing without Steph. I think they were just okay. They had a game with the Ra- against the Raptors last year. They lost by 50 that Steph didn't play in, and I think they were down by 60 at that point, and then the Raptors let up a little bit, and that, that's, that was the team that Steph had, and they got the eight seed. So in any traditional non-play-in year, that's a playoff team. Calvin, tell the fans how they can find you on social media. Follow me on Twitter at CalFongNBA. Well, I, I will say this. We really loved you. We really appreciate you joining us. We'd love to get you on again to talk more Warriors basketball as the as the season progresses and as the, the playoffs return. Speedy will reach out to you. Uh, thank you for all the time, and, and congratulations on your, uh, your, your, born, your first-born kid. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, we were just talking to uh, Clutch Point head video department and NBA writer Calvin Fong. Awesome kid. Nice guy, knows his stuff, and he's a big Warrior fan. So I'm, I'm, I'm proud of him uh, to, to give 
Chris Paul a little bit of credit because he was honest about Durant. So. Yes, he was. He was honest. Uh, I, I'll tell you this: Kevin Durant was. He was the Golden State Warriors. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we will be talking to athletic NBA copywriter and analyst Trayvon Edwards here on the Sports Loudmouths. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, this is the Sports Loudmouths. I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey. Remember, you can call us at 631-672-3108. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out our stories, our wonderful shows throughout the country. You can also download our app by going to iOS, WWSRN or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I, I, I will say I want to give a shout-out to Calvin Fong for joining us. Uh, uh, shout-out to his newborn baby and, uh, and, and really giving us the time that he gave us. Really, really excited uh, to join us, and, and he was good. He was really, really good talking about the Golden State Warriors, Speedy. Uh, we are now talking to athletic NBA analyst Trayvon Edwards. I love that name, Trayvon Edwards. What's going on, Trayvon? What's going on? Thanks for having me. Absolutely, how I, man. How do I sound? I sound good. You sound great, man. And I, right. I just it flows off the lips. Trayvon. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how y'all doing, man? I love this. <laughs> we we good, man. We're you know Long Island. Uh, you know with the different weathers, it, it's so weird. We're in the winter time. It's uh-huh. December. It's around Christmas. It's supposed to be like thirty degrees, cold, snowy. No, today it was fifty-eight degrees. Uh, yeah. It was wet outside, but. It's beautiful. It feels like spring. I, I don't understand what the weather is over here. I don't, but this is why COVID and the flu is here to stay. So there you go, Trayvon. Yeah, I'm, I'm still getting used to New York weather. It's kind of crazy. Are you here I, in New York right now? Yeah, I'm in Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Are you from New York or are you from somewhere else? No. No, I'm from Compton. I'm from the West Coast. Oh, oh wow. I, I could tell that yeah. you're not from around here. You know what I mean? You're smooth. Smooth, uh, you know? <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it, man. That's, that's very kind of Lo- you. I love Brooklyn. So it, it's. I went to school over there. I used to roam the streets over there, Coney Island Avenue. So I, I know Brooklyn. So it, Brooklyn <laughs> is in the house. So, yeah, it's uh, to Brooklyn. So t- tell me a little bit about how you became an NBA analyst. What made you decide to do this after school? What what really brought Trayvon Edwards uh, to the broadcasting world? Uh, so I really, honestly, my path was unique. It wasn't like any other path. Um, I had no plans of, you know, getting into this side of the business. Um, I, I played college basketball. Um, and then after I was done, I became a school teacher. So I was a school teacher for six years. Um, a buddy of mine, Amina El Hassan, like, uh, was at ES. Well, he was at, um, he was a son. He was working with the sons and then he went to ESPN. And uh, they had a podcast called True Hoop. And um, they had me come on. But this was during the time uh, Derrick Rose went AWOL, mm-hmm. the first stint. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was around the team at that time because I was uh, I was uh, coming out to New York often visiting Brandon Jennings when he was on, a, mm-hmm. on the team. So I was around during that time. And Amin invited me on. I didn't know it was ESPN's podcast at the particular time to talk about this Derrick Rose situation. And, and um, I was able to come on and – 
a couple of people tweeted me and was like, yo, you should start doing pods coming on a little bit more. And I was like, I'm not doing no podcast. Like I'm, I'm a teacher. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm just happy to, you know, know friends that that's in the league or whatever. And they invited me to come back on. I had brought Chris Childs on and then also Steven Jackson. So um, after that, they offered me to, you know, just come on and just do stuff. So um, I enjoyed it. And uh, I didn't think it would take off anything because I still remained a teacher for like at least three more years um, before it took off. But um, uh, after a couple of my friends left ESPN um, and we were all able to work together, we started, um, we launched Count the Dinks, um, a podcast network. And, you know, we just kind of built it from the ground up with our community. Hmm. And then after that, we partnered up with, um, you know, with Athletic. And that's how I got hired. So. I've been with Athletic uh, almost three years now, and, you know, it's been great um, being able to, you know, discuss the NBA and, you know, just create great content. Well, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. So why don't we get into your NBA content, okay? Okay. Because uh, we're here in New York, and uh, we expected good basketball this year. We see good basketball on one side of the river. And we see terrible, and I say terrible because as a Knicks fan, I, I Julius Randle got a hundred and sixteen million dollar contract in the offseason. He says mm. he's a number one player, and and he took that contract because he wanted the Knicks to bring in another superstar in the future and turn this mm. team into a competitive, uh, championship competitive team every single year moving forward. But this year, Mr. Bricklayer has been Mr. Offset, Mr. Uh, Airball, uh, whatever you want to call Julius Randle. So why don't we get into the Knicks right now and the woes right. of this team uh, with the depth, bringing Kemba Walker, Fournier. We thought that this team was going to be much better than they were as a fourth seed last year going into the playoffs and, and, and bombing against the Atlanta Hawks. It's after what they did, they brought in certain players, offensive players, even drafted defensive players uh, like McBride and, and Grimes as a good shooter. What are your thoughts to this New York Knicks team so far on what you see? Because it looks like, Tom Thibodeau is looking like he's going to have a heart attack before season's end. Um, uh, it's, a, it's been a disappointment, you know what I mean? Obviously, with the expectations of how well they did last season. And um, I definitely uh, picked them to be, you know, uh, you know, to go to the playoffs again um, early on. And it, it just went backwards, you know what I mean? Obviously, I was never crazy about um, the signing of Kimball Walker. Not saying that it wasn't a great fit, but just how – Thibodeau coaches with certain different point guards, you know what I mean? But like, again, those things, like the thing that the unfortunate situation with Kemba is he's healthy and he can contribute um, with another team, but he just, you know, Tibbs decided to make the decision to to put out the players that he felt could deliver. And they haven't, they are what one in eight now mm-hmm. um, since the benching. And um, I mean, it's, you know, if, 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 and, and there's no trade value for Kemba at the moment. So it's unfortunate. Um, he's being a pro's pro, just still showing up and doing what he has to do. Um, but, you know, the one thing I, I've learned um, about living in New York City and how passionate New York Knicks fans are and, you know, like it's it's no place like it, for one. Um, you know, you you guys ride with, you know, you, you bleed orange and blue. But um, the expectations sometimes, right? You get players like Julius Randle. I remember – seeing people saying Julius Randle was the best thing. He's, he was more impactful than, than Carmelo Anthony just because they were riding it high. You know what I mean? And it was like, slow down because this is a guy. It worked last year because they played as a team. It wasn't because Julius was the number one guy. They played as a team 
And now they got complacent after like going. And that's that's why the results were against the Hawks. Um, because they they went away from everything they did. Everything, everything they did, and it carried over into the next season. Paying Julius, nothing wrong with paying Julius, but at the end of the day, you look at it in a situation of making him your number one guy. He's not number one guy. He's like two or three. He's a good complimentary player. But at the end of the day, he's a black hole. He doesn't get anybody else involved. The bench sometimes has to step up and, you know, get them going. And it's interesting because it's kind of like similar to what Portland was dealing with, with Chauncey Billups, like trying to find a bench to motivate the starters. You know what I mean? Um, but, it, you know, Thibodeau wants to win now. Um, unfortunately, they're not moving in that direction. Um, and they should look in another direction to improve in this roster. I don't think making a crazy swing and, you know, unloading a bunch of guys, you know, because I, I hear Damian Lillard's name attached to the Knicks all the time or Knicks fans saying they want it. But I always tell them, think Melo 2.0, right? They had Raymond Felton, Wilson Chandler, like guys that could really contribute. And then they went all in on this one trade that it didn't deliver a championship. It got, what, two playoff appearances, maybe? So you look in this situation of, like, everybody wants to play for the Knicks, but you got to you gotta have tough skin to play for the Knicks. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing. Like, again, they probably even won before both of you, all of us were born, right? But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's just tradition. It's just culture. It's, it's you know what I mean? The fans going to show up for you, win, lose, draw, and things of that nature. And when you really think about it, you can't just come here. So, like, Dame can't have an off night because your expectations are so high for him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because that, that caliber of the player. And it's like, if you can't take Portland media, you definitely not going to take New York media. You know what I mean? Especially when you're going three for 17. Or, you know, you're not shooting how you want to nope. shoot. So, be careful what you ask for. But I just think that um, I think now they should kind of build around RJ, Obi, you know, build a new – you know, start getting these young guys confidence and kind of go away from it because Randall's not making those dudes better. It's taking away from him the progression of it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's hurting the Knicks more than it's helping the Knicks. And I like Julius Randall. I think he's a baller. I think he can play. Um, but the but his style does not work. So what do you think is the solution with Kemba Walker in that case? Because you said it's going to be very hard to trade him with the way he's playing right now. Do you think do they have to do they have to bench him still more because they're one and eight? Do they have to try experimenting with him in a different role? Do they go back to starting him? Do they still try to trade him anyway and just move on right away? What do you think is the solution with with him? And if if so if if so, what do you think maybe the other value that they get for him? Do they try a, maybe a veteran for veteran swap and just try a, a culture change? What do you think is the best option for that? Um, it's unfortunate because, like, he's a good character guy, quality guy to be in the locker room, and, you know, he just fell out with Tibbs. Tibbs just – he's not a Tibbs guy, unfortunately, and that's fine. But it also sucks because the market – there's no market for him. So um, if they care about Kimball Walker and they want to do him a, a good deed releasing – you know, waving because again, if unless he's a throw-in, if he's a throw-in and they, you know, they, they, you know, he goes somewhere with, but I'm sure the other team probably would wave him too, and he ends up where he wants to go, um, where someone will actually appreciate him. I mean, I could see him going across the across the water mm-hmm. <laughs> to Brooklyn mm-hmm. and being way more effective than all this other going because you can have a rental for Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. or you can have this, that, and the third. You, it's a low ax too to be. With, with the Nets right now, they're they're about to sign uh, James Ennis. Mm-hmm. They're just bringing guys on just to fill up to play next to Kevin Durant, but just these guys don't hurt the team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like everybody doesn't have that luxury. 
We are talking to uh, athletic NBA analyst Trayvon Edwards. Uh, Trayvon, you look at over over the Hudson River, you have the Brooklyn Nets. And, right. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets right now are the best team in the East uh, without Kyrie Irving. James Harden has COVID right now, uh, but he'll be back soon. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge comes back. He looks uh, better than he was before he retired from the heart condition that he had or uh, what we heard that he had. And and then obviously uh, the other pieces that they added uh, in the offseason, it made this team so much better, uh, you know, for a place for Kevin Durant to really – bring his skills and play at the top of his game. This year, Kevin Durant, uh, to me, is the MVP, averaging almost 29 points, uh, almost eight rebounds, and he's having more assists than he ever has uh, anywhere he's ever been, from OKC to Golden State and now with the Brooklyn Nets. When you look at this team, and you just mentioned they're bringing in Innis, uh, there could be other pieces to to be added before uh, the trade deadline or after the trade deadline. Do you think if Kyrie Irving comes back, is this the team to beat? This year, the way Kevin Durant is playing, not only in the East, but throughout the league. If they get Kyrie Irving back, yes, they'll be the team to beat. But right now, uh, I still have the Bucs um, long term. Mm. I think that, you know, the the Nets could finish one uh, as a one seed in the East. But none of the regular season never matters. It only matters to teams that never been there. You know what I mean? Lovable losers. So these this team is playing for the ultimate goal. They got it, you know, they were uh, literally one footstep of making it to the finals. And, you know, that's that's the main goal. So um, but I do feel that Milwaukee still has a lot more pieces um, that could put them over the top when they're matched up. So, um, yeah, I mean, if they can land Kyrie Irving, that definitely um, extends their chances. So I wanted to ask about Kyrie Irving, too. What at what point in the season do you say, all right, he's still not playing right now? Maybe they should explore other options. Do they? Do they? Do they move him? Do they try to trade for depth? Patty Mills is playing great right now. Will it last? Type thing. At what point in the season, like either duration wise or like a condition, maybe they start to slump a little bit. Do they say, "All right, maybe we got to make a move for a couple players"? Um, I think they're gonna make a move regardless. You know, I mean, I, I think I think right now it's a league problem, and that's why it's probably not busy as of yesterday because now players can are eligible to be traded um because of the COVID stuff mm-hmm. and teams are slim right now you I mean you couldn't even trade a guy if you wanted to but um I think Harden's more likely to go than Irvin wow yeah wow uh, that's crazy it really is because James Harden who was pushing himself out to Brooklyn he didn't get the contract that he wanted in the offseason uh Kyrie was offered 183 million dollars uh but because of the whole COVID thing uh the the Nets took it off the table, um, and to me, I think that was wrong for what they did. But again, uh, that's their, their their decision. That's Sean Marks' decision. Uh, my question before we get into the L.A. Lakers, because we're going to go over there to your coast and, and talk mm-hmm. about the L.A. Lakers and what you think of them. Uh, are your thoughts to what Kyrie Irving has done this offseason and, and, and really what he's been doing this regular season – uh, is it something that you should be 
as, as a fan, be proud of him uh, because he stuck to his Dukes. He's sticking to what he believes in, and he hasn't stepped in. He hasn't done what the NBA told him before the season that he didn't have to do. They said he didn't have to take the vaccine. All of a sudden, two weeks before the, <laughs> before the season, they say, well, every, every player's got to be vaccinated or, you know, in New York or L.A. or you cannot play uh, the 40 home games uh, in, in New York. So are you proud of Kyrie Irvin, of what he stood for and what he said on Instagram, uh, especially admitting a lot of things that he's done in the past? Are, are you saying, are you step away and you say, Kyrie, you're putting your team in jeopardy of possibly winning a championship this year? Um, I'm not proud of him. I mean, I do think that he made the choice that he wanted to make. Um, it's an interesting choice, but again, I'm not mad at him either because he's not harming anybody. He's not out here recklessly not wearing a mask or doing the things that I mean I've seen some nasty stuff said about this man and again he doesn't deserve that but at the end of the day if you don't if clearly I know you love basketball but if this is what you're truly standing on then you can walk away from the game and now you really have zero distractions you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um but in a certain situation if he's playing in another team if he's playing in another state with uh, a, a looser mandate we're not even talking about this mm-hmm. so i think we're giving too much power into it because of how new york city is ran that's why we're giving so much of attention because if he's he's in dc if he's in houston if he is playing for the mavericks or the suns we don't hear from it mm. because players that aren't vaccinated can still come into the opposing cities and play I just okay. think we're giving it too much power. I agree all. with you, and and I, I I feel bad for Kyrie Irving because he spoke his heart out on his Instagram feed, and uh, the fact that he has admitted some of the stupid things he said in the past, and he's made himself look bad. The fact that he's standing for himself, he he's not hurting anybody, he's not telling anybody that vaccinated or unvaccinated people they're doing the wrong thing. He's just sticking by what he believes in, and he stands mm-hmm. for. It. So I respect Kyrie Irving more than I ever respect of him uh, because. I I grew up, you know, a Duke fan, and Kyrie is a Duke player, and I rooted him. On, I, I've been rooting him on since he was in Cleveland uh, when he, you know, when he uh, jumped ship and went to went to the Celtics, and then decided told the Celtics, you know what. I'm going to come back and then at the last minute say, you know what? I'm jumping ship. I'm taking Kevin Durant. We're going to want to win a championship in Brooklyn. I'm not winning anything over here. I, I, I didn't respect anything he did there. But when he spoke up and he said what he felt and he didn't hold back on what he felt and he admitted to some of his wrongs, I give nothing but my utmost respect to Kyrie Irving as a person, as a man, and as a father. So uh, I have always sh- – since that happened, Speedy, what have I said about him? I, yeah, I've, you've always I've thought changed. he was a genuine person. I, I, I think he's a genuine person, a person that you know, I have nothing but my utmost respect for, and I give him a lot of credit for standing up for what he believes. So – so moving on to the Lakers' current point guard and Russell Westbrook. Now he's all of a sudden getting swirled around in some trade rumors <laughs> as well. Uh, is it something that you think is realistic? Could it be for something like a Kyrie Irving? Because Kyrie and LeBron back together again, especially now with Anthony Davis. He's still got to take his vaccination. Over well, there. yeah, still, yeah. But, uh, who knows? Maybe play with LeBron's the motivation he needs. I don't know. <laughs> who knows? But still, uh, we've seen Anthony Davis kind of hit a slump recently since LeBron has been kind of low, either low management or has been injured a lot of the time. So what do you, what do you see – for this kind of thing, do you think it's another t- t- typical classic GM LeBron type thing? Do you think it's just a smokescreen for maybe something else? Or do you think it's just a fluke and Russell Westbrook should be given more of a chance with the Lakers? 
Uh, I don't think Russell Westbrook goes anywhere, to be honest. I don't see Anthony Davis going anywhere either, but at the end of the day, there will be other moved around pieces. I think they're going to kind of make the best moves of um, needs and kind of go for that. But um, in this particular, I mean, they haven't been healthy. Um, they haven't had a consistent – I mean, their big three is kind of similar to the Nets' big three. They have yet to play, like, a ton of games together. Um, and it's just been inconsistent. I will say that LeBron has been overworked. You know what I mean? Like, um, when they went to go get Anthony Davis, they expected him to now be in this number one role, and he has yet to fill that seat. He's still dependent on LeBron because LeBron is still on the floor with him. But LeBron should be just cruising, you know, mm-hmm. 30, 30 to 35 minutes a game, you know, not having to score 30 points a game and still be effective. And they went and surrounded him with some good talent. But, you know, he, you know, he's he's playing himself into uh, a, a top five, a top five um, conversation. But then it's just kind of like, you know, y'all in dogfights with the Kings and, the th- you know what I mean? The Thunder, that's not a good look. Not saying that they're not going to make the playoffs or anything like that, but they're overworking themselves for a very old team. As everybody knows, we are talking to athletic NBA analyst Trayvon Edwards. Uh, we, we talk about LeBron James, and, and to me, uh, he's a different player in the playoffs. He really is. Last year going into the playoffs, he wasn't 100%, and that's why the Lakers got eliminated as fast as they did. Uh, I, I really thought they were a championship competitive team last year with some of the pieces that they added. Uh, it just didn't work. Then this offseason, they added Carmelo Anthony and Russell Westbrook, and they added all these veteran players. Uh, they brought in... All, all these different personalities. And, and I always said that it was going to take a while for this team to figure it out uh, with all these ex-superstars playing with one another. It hasn't worked out so far. Uh, it's 25 games into the season. Are you surprised that the Lakers haven't fo- figured it out? Maybe because LeBron James hasn't been health, 100% healthy, or maybe just this team is not what anybody thought it was going to be. Maybe they are old. Maybe Carmelo Anthony isn't uh, the add-on player, that sixth man that the Lakers have needed uh, needed over the last couple of years. Or maybe Anthony Davis just doesn't fit the the credential of this team and the way it's set up. So what are your thoughts to this team as a whole in the first 25 games of the season? Exactly what you said. It's just the first 25 games of the season. When you build a team, especially a new team, players have to get familiar with each other whether they played all-star games or not together or Olympics or, you know, even worked out with each other. It's, it's chemistry wins, chemistry and durability, right? Made the healthiest team win. And then also when you know the tendencies of your teammates, you know what I mean? Like it takes time. When a guy gets traded, you mostly hear, oh man, we're looking good, but we haven't got a chance to practice together yet. That's important. And when those guys aren't available, they haven't practiced. They got all these names. You look on the, on paper, they're on paper champs, right? Mm-hmm. But when you really have to look at it, they haven't really ran anything. They haven't had Trevor Reza. They haven't had none. It's guys that were supposedly supposed to take them to the top. They have yet to play with a full healthy roster. And then now you add protocol and COVID and those things. And, you know, they're bringing in Isaiah Thomas. And they're going to be similar to the Nets, except LeBron doesn't play a style like a Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant now is – he knows that he's shorthanded, so he's playing through his team. He's building confidence through those young guys because they probably had no idea that they would even be sharing the floor with him this season. Mm. But they have to. They have no choice. They have eight players, and how he's doing it is getting them the ball. It's like, look, you out here, you better shoot. 
You know what I mean? And then he's creating off of that and building that confidence. With LeBron, he's more of the ball handler. He has the ball majority of the time. A lot of those dudes watch instead of cutting to the basket, trying to, you know, find ways to make things, make shots and things of that nature. So their styles are completely different. And um, I mean, I'm, I'm not really on a big panic. And I don't think that the Lakers need to win 10 straight because if they did uh, win 10 straight, we're not having this conversation. Mm. We're saying the Lakers are back or we're saying, you know what, be scared of the Lakers because the Lakers still have star power on that roster. And then that's all people care about is winning fixes all. There, well, there you are, the six seeds. So uh, they're not in a bad position. I mean, they're a playoff team right now. They just don't want to play in that that new, uh, I guess they call it the round robin, where they, they, they have that one game and they can lose that one game and get knocked out of the playoffs. They want to be in that top four where they have Memphis right now. I'm sorry, uh, John Morant has been sensational. I mean, they won the last three games without him playing. Too. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. he's he's special, absolutely special. But God speedy. I was gonna say we saw last year the Lakers be a seven seed, and it, maybe the like Errol saying the the extra games in the round robin kind of took a toll on an older team. But we've also seen in the past LeBron, the, the cliche is LeBron, it doesn't matter what seed you are. He could be playoff LeBron. The Cavs in 07 went to the finals, I think it was a four seed. The Cavs, uh, when Kyrie Irving got hurt in 2018, went to the finals as a four seed. They beat the Celtics. We've seen certain other teams be not number one seeds, and LeBron still do well with those kinds of things. So is it different in the Western Conference, do you think? Did last year prove that kind of thing? Is it still a small sample size? Are there, or is it maybe the gap closing between the West and the East more than we've seen? This might sound disrespectful to the other franchises, but it's only like five good teams in the NBA right now. By far, they could win on their worst nights. You know what I mean? You got yeah. Phoenix, you got Brooklyn, you got Golden State. Uh, Utah. You Utah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like these teams, and you know, you, you throw that out there and you really look at it, it's it's, it's not as close as, it, as you think it is. You know what I mean? But we're all we're all hoping that these teams, you know, what I mean, you 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 you're, you're saying teams will win a series out of respect, like oh the Miamis, the you know, what I mean, you, you're loosely throwing those teams out, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing. And the Lakers aren't really the top dog; it's Phoenix and Golden State. Mm-hmm. You know, like I honestly don't think that the Lakers could beat Golden State or Phoenix in a seven game series. As of right now, no, I I can't no. see it. No, but it could change. I mean. Uh, LeBron, it could change. LeBron has to get this team motivated and and playing on all cylinders. I think they got enough firepower, enough talent to do it. I mean, Anthony Davis is uh, when he's on the top of his game, he's one of the top five players in the league. LeBron James, when he's on his game, especially in the playoffs, he's a top five player in the league. I mean, you got players like that, and even Russell Westbrook, if he can open up uh, his game and stop opening his mouth, I mean, which he loves to do and dresses like a clown half the time. <laughs> I mean. Uh, uh, his his game is absolutely prototypically fits LeBron James's game, and that's why everybody thought him going and running up and down the court with LeBron James was going to be the fastest show on earth. I mean, could, could you imagine? But uh, it just hasn't worked yet. But like we just said, we're we're twenty some odd games into the season, and people are already counting the Lakers out, and I, I think it's ridiculous. And and don't ever count LeBron James out. I, that I, I could say right now as a player. Uh, as a person that knows basketball, he is a totally different player in the playoffs. And if he is 100%, watch out for LeBron James. Watch out for this team because uh, he is going to take names and take it with him. So uh, that's who he is, and that's the player that he is. My question for you is, 
Uh, by the way, we are talking to uh, athletic NBA analyst Trayvon Ad- Edwards. Uh, you know what's been very impressive to me is some of these low-balling teams that are balling right now. Uh, Cleveland, who who would have thought would be a fourth seed right now in the Eastern Conference. They're 18-12. and 12. They get the kid from uh, USC. Mobley. Uh, yeah. Mobley, who's looked, uh, to me, in my eyes, is rookie of the year right now. Uh, he's played two-way basketball. It's been sensational. Really changed the personality of this team. Uh, you got to give that a lot of credit. And then Chicago with the uh, offseason they had. Uh, I love Levine. Uh, I, I think he's awesome. But the fact that they added DeRozan, who has become a superstar, uh, a superstar player again uh, from the Raptors. Uh, hopefully he does it in the playoffs with this team, something he didn't do with Toronto. But uh, all the Spurs... But if he could do it with this team and take this team to higher heights. And then even Alonzo Ball has really changed his game uh, with better players and better teammates to play with. So are you surprised that these two teams have really stood out from the Miamis of the world, the Philadelphias of the world, where everybody thought, hey, wait a second, these are the two teams, two very good teams, dominant in the Eastern Conference? I approached this season in general just with a big question mark. I didn't know what to expect. I think this is the first year that it was almost wide open to a T. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, you, you see all these team, all these players getting acquired and things of that nature. And you say, oh, well, the Lakers is going to do this. And, oh, the Nets is going to do that. And now it's going to be set in the finals. You know, as soon as we got word that, you know, Kyrie wasn't going to be playing, it wasn't, you know, now the chances were dwindling even more. And then you get to see James Harden where you're like, well, how is he going to recover from his hamstring? How is he doing? And he hasn't been great. You know what I mean? Like, he's still going to be an all-star this season, you know what I mean, despite his play. Um, but, you know, looking at these other teams and, and 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 how they're developed and how they're, you know, I had high hopes for Denver. You know, the injury bug got them. Mm. They can't escape the injury bug. I feel like this is the same thing with Miami. Miami tends to get it together just because Spo knows how to, you know, get guys going. But then you got, like, Dark horses like Charlotte, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, just random teams. And, you know, like, obviously the Cavs being able to draft well and get things done. And J.B. Bickerstaff has been able to coach, you know, uh, and and redesign roles for that team. You got Kevin Love coming off the bench playing like a hungry guy mm-hmm. trying to make the league. You know what I mean? Like, and these things are inspirational. And on the other side, you know, like, thinking like Luka would have a better year. And now we're raising our eyebrows at Luka seeing if he can actually win ball games that count, you know, because those are the things. And, and, and there's so many questions with, with all these teams, like down the line, you know what I mean? That you can kind of Portland that they're going backwards, you know what I mean? So um, it's interesting, you know what I mean? And I think maybe Utah actually is taken seriously this season. I don't know, but they're rolling. So I was going to ask about that next with Portland. Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum both have been in, in trade rumors pretty much since last, uh, since the beginning of the offseason and even at the trade deadline last year, too. So do you think Portland waited too long to trade those guys, one? And number two, where do you think are the most likely destinations for both of them? Um, this trade should have happened roughly three years ago if, if you're going to move Dane or C.J., right? So that's it's been dragged out. I think – They'll finally move forward with it, um, but Dame will stay. Wow. I think I think CJ will be on the move um, and go from there. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you, you have to factor in, you know, Dame has a lot off the court. His mom's there, his family, they're all in Portland. They've been there for a while. So, like, 
that's just a major move and he's never really wanted to move. They made the biggest move by, you know, letting go Neil O'Shea. They're probably going to do a whole little culture reset over there. Um, obviously, they haven't been playing great. They've had the injury bug. You know, you know, CJ's out right now, and I think that those two could stay together. I mean, they, they have the ultimate respect for each other, but I think they're, they've outgrown each other, and I think it's it's time for CJ to go east um, and, and figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, as as not even as a, a option one guy, but just – just a dangling trade piece. I think that's what they have. I don't think they part ways with Ann Simons, and they don't part ways with Nazir Little. So um, whoever they do decide to package up with CJ, he'll be on the move. Well, before we let you go, because I, I know you're a busy man, and I'm sure you're getting ready uh, for doing other things or getting ready for your show tomorrow or the next day, uh, I want your opinion. If, if, and I, I want to get you on before – before the playoffs, because uh, we're going to come back to this, who do you got going to the finals from the East and the West, and who do you got winning the championship this year? And we're going to get you on before the playoffs, and I want to know your opinion after that, because there's still a lot more basketball to be uh, to be played. I probably would say the Warriors, especially if they go after DeMontis Sabonis, packaging Kaminga and Moody, and probably another complimentary player to go get DeMontis. Um, that just puts them over the edge. But right now, with Clay returning, with Wiseman returning, also Wiseman could be a part of that. Um, and then from there, you know, I got the Warriors coming out the West. And then for the East, at the moment, I have Milwaukee. But um, things can change. Um, personally, I've been saying it, you know, although I, I'm loving what the Nets are doing, Kevin Durant needs more help. And until the Nets do that, I don't see them beating Milwaukee in a series. That series would be funny just for the purpose of will the Bucks fans wear their shirts, uh, the 28-1 shirts or whatever from the 2015 season mm. to try to troll them or something like that? No. <laughs> I don't think so either. Crazy. That's for sure. That would be pretty funny, though. Yeah, it would. Well... Uh, Mr. Edwards, uh, tell the fans how they can find you on social media. You can find me on Twitter at Travon, T-R-A-V-O-N-N-E, and on Instagram at Travon Edwards. Uh, that's it. I mean, oh, and catch me on uh, Basket Buds uh, every Monday and uh, Daily Ding on Tuesdays. Well, I, I, I would love uh, to get together one way or another. If you're in Brooklyn, bud, we should get together. I know there's a lot of stuff going on in Brooklyn right now. I am a DJ, so there's a lot of warehouse parties and over there. Got some big DJs over there uh, heading over there in the next couple of weeks. So uh, maybe we'll swap Twitters and uh, get together one of these days. We really appreciate you joining us, bud. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. I had a great time talking basketball with you guys. Absolutely. We were just talking to athletic NBA analyst Trayvon Edwards. Yes, Trayvon. I, I like Trayvon! It. Yeah, yeah, speedy, with, with a little, you know, little, you know, give me a little bit enthusiasm. Trayvon! Yeah, yeah a, little, a, little qu- a little quick, off the lip. Trayvon! There, there <laughs> Trayvon <Thanks>. Edwards. <laughs> Thanks, fellas. Absolutely. Oh, man. Awesome. Awesome. Two really great guests uh, today, Calvin Fong, both NBA uh, you know, extravaganzas. Uh, nice. <laughs> uh, but uh, Trayvon was awesome, and, and, and so was Calvin Fong. Two really, really good guys. Uh, uh, when we come back, more to NFL conversation. And by the way, who's going to be right about this pick tonight, huh? Who, who's going to be right about this? We'll see. We'll see if the I, defense can hold on. The Chiefs are midfield. I, I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. That's what I'm going to say. I've got... 
the L.A. Rams tonight. Yes, and by the way, the Jeff, L.A. Rams, they're playing tonight? Yeah, the LA, I mean the L.A. Chargers. Whatever, the L.A. Because if I call them San Diego, I get attacked by, by – but the L.A. Chargers. You'll never get attacked by me by, by, for calling the an L.A. team by their previous city that they should still be in. But I, I've got the L.A. Chargers. <laughs> I, I think they win this game. I, I, and by the way, it's 28-21. Uh, two fantastic teams. And uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun all the way to the end. And I, it's one minute and 56 li- seconds left of this game, 28-21. So uh, I, I definitely want to hear Jeff's pick. I know he... If he's going to bowl, you know what, because I know he, he was going to pick Kansas City tonight. And now uh, I guarantee you he'll find a way to say that he was going to pick the L.A. Chargers because he doesn't want me to catch up to him. But I had the L.A. Chargers before the game started. Speedy, you know I did because you, you asked me. Mm-hmm. And I said, it was, I said it was going to be close, but I got the Chargers in this game. And, uh, and the Rams, I mean the Rams, the Kansas City Chiefs were doing, you know, they started off pretty strong, but – uh, Justin Herbert has been sensational in this game. Absolutely has. So, uh, when we come back, our NFL picks will have Nithin on, and uh, probably Jeff, aka from Rhode Island slash Tampa, here on the Sports Lab Mouse. It, it is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mouse. Oh, oh, oh. Bank. Speedy in the ass. Speedy in the ass. Bank. Speedy. In. The ass. <laughs> we are back, ladies and gentlemen. The Sports Lab. I'm your host. Big Easy. Errol Mark. No Tyler Harrison. Didn't think he was going to show up. The little punk. And on the board and the co-host of this show, as always, Speedy, Granddaddy Petey, as always. You can go and call us at 631-672-3108, or you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app, iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. How much time do we have left in this game, Speedy? Uh, minute 40, and the Chiefs are at the Chargers' 40-yard line. Let's do it, Chargy. Kick their weary endy. That's what I'm talking about. That's right. Grab that bastard. Uh, I'm sorry. Anyways, <laughs> what are you making faces for? Uh, what are you making faces for? What are you, uh, mock commentating now? Yeah, well, why not? <laughs> Grab that bastard. <laughs> okay. You uh, don't is, like is, that? Uh, is, is Jeff already here? <laughs> uh, it'll be bit, so... It, uh, he's not calling right away, so we're, uh. we're going to have to wait for old Jeffrey. Um. <laughs> All right, well, while we figure that, I'll get to some of the uh, comments of Snugs during the interview. Snugs says, Kyrie and Irving and I like to enjoy petting elk in the great Northwest. He is the greatest elk bugler I've ever heard. How much of the home hmm, do these Lakers remind you of the Carmelo and Gary Payton Lakers chasing a title year to late? Uh, maybe. Hmm. You, do you believe this? Patrick Mahomes always ran for a touchdown. <laughs> Crazy. It's been a fluky, fluky fourth quarter. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Stuck says, hmm, who is older, Trevor Ariza or Matty Ice in Atlanta? Mm. <laughs> Best team in the NBA, the Sacramento Kings. Naturally, Steph Curry for MVP. Oh, we never heard that one before. Mm-hmm. And Russell Westbrook is a dapper young gentleman. <laughs> uh, what makes him dapper? Who knows? Uh, well, anyways, uh, we're waiting for Nathan to join us. Uh, Jeff, a.k.a. 
Pudge t- from Tampa uh, waiting for him to join us. Uh, Nithin, let's put him through. Uh, we're going to be doing our picks, but he's in uh, his little uh, fun, full uh, vacation over there. What's going on, Nithin? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me on the show again. Absolutely. I mean, if we have to look at Speedy all, all show, you know, I probably want to hurl. So we're happy to have you. Uh, what say Where's you over there? Where, where's Tyler at? Well, Tyler is, um, you know, at Friendsgiving, okay? Uh, Thanksgiving, it's usually before Thanksgiving. For some reason, they didn't have a Friendsgiving before Thanksgiving, so they're having it before Christmas. So it makes a lot of sense. Tyler always goes backwards with everything he does, including the underwear that he wears. So there you go. Anyways, what, oh, that was a catch. That was a touchdown. What a crazy game this is, huh? It's a crazy game. I still think the Chargers win this game because they got a chance to kick a field goal. So they're up by one. Kansas City's up by one. Yep, and in classic Chargers fashion, they'll probably get to field goal range and then miss. That could happen, <laughs> but I don't think this is that this is the same Chargers team. So no, they've been a little better this year. I'll, I'll, it's weird because the the, the Chargers did yeah. something in Chargers fashion where their running their backup running back, not Eckler, one of their other backups, fumbled at the goal line. But then the Chiefs screw up on their own. Patrick Mahomes has a screen pass tipped. It was a beautiful play, and by Oshana no. Also, too, but a screen pass tip of the goal line for an interception. So they're doing their I own a little bit of everything tonight. Yeah, I had uh, Austin Eckler on my show. Yes, we yeah. we know that, and and yeah. Ecky is uh, Eckler out of here. But anyways, yeah, and uh, we have uh, Holmes dancing around because he thinks he's the greatest uh, since sliced bread, but uh, he's not. Anyways, uh, how is your vacation? How is uh, over there? Where are you again? I forgot. Costa Rica. Costa Rica. That's fine. Uh, how are you and your family doing over there? It looks like you're sweating. It's, it's not like it is in New Jersey. No, it's hot right now. And uh, it's like we're one hour behind you guys right now. So it's like 1030 here. 1030 there, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, and are you enjoying the beautiful women dancing around, uh, yes. you know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. No hesitation yeah. there. Yes, I, I am. <laughs> nice. I come back. I come back. Uh, I come back to Jersey this Saturday. So. Oh, there you go. You're happy about that. You're going to go pick up your dog and take your dog out for a walk and and enjoy the fresh fruit of the loom underwear that you left at home, right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're waiting for Jeffrey, uh, good old Jeff, to make our picks because he's. Uh, uh, doing something, uh, twiddling his thumbs over there in Rhode Island. I'm uh, sure he's doing something more productive than that. Uh, unless, no, unless, unless he's twiddling his thumbs in our comment section to roast Tyler with him not here. Which well, is that's always a possibility. You guys, are, you guys are missing out on the beautiful ladies down here. Oh, am I? Uh, you know, yeah. I, I, I got speedy. I mean, that's the, I mean, that's nothing to look at, but, you know, the beauty of that hair, I mean, at least for now, is, is definitely something that you just cherish for every single day of your life. I'm sure the women of Costa Rica have better hair than I do. You think yeah. so? Oh, come Nathan, on. Nathan, you're the expert on the subject, apparently. <laughs> yeah. These ladies down here, they have amazing hair. They have amazing hair. How about uh, amazing tushies? Do, you, do they have yes. amazing tushies? Amazing t- yes, amazing tushies, too. Uh, does, does Speedy have an amazing tushy? Do you think he does? I don't know. <laughs> Speedy, do you have an amazing tushy? Have you ever looked at your, your tushy in the mirror, Speedy? Uh, sometimes, uh, you, so not, you, not on purpose though. Not, so wait, hold on one second. So you, you've never looked at your tushy on purpose no. in the mirror? No, but you have looked at it inadvertently. Inadvertently. Uh, do, do you shave over there? By the How way, I shave over there. Oh, you, you know, you don't want a hairy ass, do you? It's not <laughs> I mean, does it look like a werewolf or half werewolf? No. Or, no. You know, well, you, you just want to be a vampire, right? Okay, I've been called that before, so you're not alone. Okay, so... 
Nithin. <laughs> so who did you have tonight, Nithin, uh, on winning this game? I had the Chargers because of my guy, Eckler. Oh, look at that. He's got the Ecky and the Chargies. I got the Chargies, too. I, I did pick the Chargers to win this game tonight. Uh, I'm still waiting for something crazy to happen, but I believe in Justin Herbert, and I think Justin Herbert's going to take this team down, kick a field goal, win this game, and shut the hell up. The the Patrick you guys went to any You guys went to any parties this weekend? Am I going to any parties this weekend? Speedy, are we going to any parties this weekend? How would I know? I mean, asking <laughs> you if you're going, you know, if you're going to a party, I'm I going with you. Doubt it. Well, what do you? What kind of party? What What do you call a party, Speedy? Uh, a party, a legitimate party, but I don't know if yeah. I doubt I would be going. To yeah, one. but what is a party to you? Are you? What do you mean? What is a party to me? I. What kind of? <laughs> what type of party do you like, Speedy? You I, like a party with a bunch of guys? It depends. I, uh, I'm not really picky. All right, so he he'd rather hang out with a bunch of guys. So, so there you go. So <laughs> we'll, we'll get a party. So Nathan, when you get back here. Set up, uh, a, you know, a bros, uh, a bros party with uh, good old speedster. No, no, we need we need ladies in there. You need ladies. Uh, I I don't think Speedy is going to enjoy that. We I'm need... gonna be awkward wherever I am. <laughs> I'm gonna be awkward wherever I am. There you go. It's third and fifteen for the great Chargers. Wait, um, what, uh, how many? T- how much time is left for the Chiefs? Uh, Thirty-three seconds right now after this play. Mm-hmm. Which is oh, a deep oh, shot. He's throwing They're it deep. Going deep. Mm. Oh, that's a penalty. Oh, that's a penalty. That is a penalty. Holy crap. How did they not call a penalty there? That is absolutely. So 25 seconds right now. Hold on. Hold on. Let's see if he falls on. T- no, it doesn't look like it from that. It looks like the defender fell down the receiver. Hold fell. on. Hold on. Hold on. No, that's not a penalty. Oh, by the way, my, uh, hopefully that tight end is okay from the Chargers. Uh, which one? Oh, Cook? Parham. Uh, Donald Parham, yeah. the rookie. Yeah, yeah. He, he landed really hard in the end zone on the fourth down in the first quarter. Yeah. He said that. Um, they said on Twitter that he's in the hospital. I think now. Yeah, uh, he had a he had a leg injury, and he also looked like he got stomped on too with a yeah. uh, by the, the Chiefs defender too. So yeah, he that definitely did not look good for him. He looked like he was barely moving on the cart too, which definitely doesn't make matters any better for him. Well, the Islanders beat the Bruins tonight. Uh, what a shocker that is. Well, you see, Kevin Durant said Kevin Durant balled out again today. Well, I, I expected Kevin Durant to ball out. He is, to me, the MVP of the league. So uh, I am not shocked that Kevin Durant balled out. And look at Blake Griffin had a great game too. Finally coming off the bench. Blakey Griff, uh, is he griffing 17. the Griff? Seventeen points, nine rebounds. He oh had today. man, he is griffing us, you know. But uh, <laughs> that's Griff for you, anyways. Speedy, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna go without Jeff. We'll get his picks. Uh, I don't care. Uh, you're gonna do our picks with us, uh, Niff? Yes. All right, so let's do our picks. Speedy, you got the oh, music. Wait, wait, you got a, who, who won the, is the game still going on? Yes, 28-28. Yeah, I think this is going overtime. back at uh, 18 seconds. This uh, is going to go to overtime, I believe. Yeah, Brian, Brian, oh, Byron, Byron Pringle, I think, fell inbounds, so the Chiefs are going to have to take a timeout here. What, how much time is left? It's 11 seconds. They got all three timeouts, so I guess it really wasn't a big deal. So it's 11 seconds. It looks like they were around the 40-yard line. Mm. So they got a Please. small chance. It's going to be hard, though, still. Is it 28 28 right now? Yep. Oh, wow. Hmm. Anyways, are you ready, Speedy? Yep. Here we go. So, why don't we go to the first game of the week? Kansas City Chargers 
Niffin, who do you got? I got the Chargers winning this game. What's the score? What is uh, well, the final score of this game? I mean, if it goes over, I would, I'm going to say 35-28 Chargers. Wow, touchdown by the Chargers. I love it. Uh, Speedy, who you got? I'll just pick what I had. I had the Chiefs 27-20, so obviously it's going to be higher scoring than that now. Yeah, I've got the Chargers in this game. I think they win. Obviously, it looks like it's going to go to overtime. I say the Chargers win. Um, now probably 31-28. Hmm. Um... Raiders Browns. Who do you got, Niffin? Man, um, with the COVID outbreak going on in the NFL right now, I gotta take the Raiders, man, because the Browns are losing a lot of players with this COVID situation, and um, I, I think the Raiders. They, this is a big game for them if they want to stay in the playoff race, um, and they've been playing better, actually, better football. I like the way they've been playing, so I'm picking the Raiders third. 31-24. Who do you Browns. got, Speedster? I got the Browns. I, the Raiders have given me no reason for me to trust them anymore. I've, I've picked them in a lot of different games, a lot of games they should win. They've given me no reason to trust them anymore. Whoa. The defense is a disaster. And the Browns, I know they have a lot of players out right now. Uh, Wyatt Teller, no Wyatt Teller. Yeah. Um, their third-string quarterback in Nick Mullins. But the last time Nick Mullins came out of nowhere, it was against the Raiders, too. And the Raiders were just as much of a mess as they are now. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me. And the Browns' defense still has some good depth, and they've played better. So I'll take Cleveland in a very ugly, like, both these teams are terrible type game, 17-13. I've got the Brown women, okay? I think they're going to win this game. Uh, being that they're home, uh, I think they can run the ball. I, I think Chubbs is in this game. Yep. He'll be able to run the ball. I think this. So is... I guess I'm the only one who believes in the Raiders. Uh, well, I, I did so. for the last month, and they haven't. They <laughs> progressed since then. It's uh, the first year. The Browns need this game if they have any chance of making the playoffs, and they could sneak into the playoffs and watch out for the Browns if they do. Um, I like the Browns in this game. Give me the Browns, thirty to twenty. Uh, Patriots, Colts. Who do you got, Speedster? I got the Patriots in this one. I think it'll be a close, low-scoring game in this one. I think the the Colts' defense definitely showing a lot in recent weeks. And the Patriots, their offense has been efficient and good at times, but still it's not the high-powered offense. So I think they'll keep it close for a while. But Carson Wentz is not somebody that I usually trust in a close game. He tends to force-feed a lot, make a lot of bad throws. So I think he'll crumble late. I'll take the Patriots 20-17. to 17. Who do you got, Niff-Niff? Oof, man, this is going to be a great game. I love this matchup. Jonathan Taylor having an amazing season. Carson wins. I, I mean, he's 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 having a great, great season too, but you can't discount the Patriots. Bill Belichick, Mac Jones, man, this guy is unbelievable. I'm taking the Patriots 28-24. to This is a very important game to the Colts. And yeah. I, I think because they're home, I think their defense has played well. I, I do like the Patriots in this game, but... I'm going to take a, a flip-flop in this game. I want to I want to blast Jeffrey, and Jeffrey thinks he's just rocking and rolling, but I'm going to take the Colts in this game just to pounce on Jeffrey. So give me the Colts winning this game 27-24. Kiss my ass, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> Sunday, Cowboys-Giants. Who do you uh, got? I got the Cowboys in this one. I think it'll be by a Pretty significant margin. Yes, Nathan, I'm taking your Cowboys. I am a Giants fan, and I don't trust them. I think the, the Cowboys' defense against uh, – they stopped the run very well. Their secondaries had a couple deficiencies in, in the recent weeks, but the Giants really don't have the deep threats to make that kind of thing happen. I think Daniel Jones has a good game rushing the ball. Passing the ball, he'll probably just be average. And Dallas' offense, 
They've been playing well amidst all their injuries and the issues they've had. I'll take Dallas to win this game 27 to 14. Who do you got, Niff? You know I'm taking. How about them Cowboys? My Cowboys are going to win 37-20 against the Giants. I like the Cowboys in this game, too. Uh, Dak's going to have a breakout game. We haven't seen him play well for the last three weeks. I think he throws over 350 yards, four touchdowns, completely dominates this game, and they run the ball all over the New York football blue boys. So give me the Cowgirls 36-20. Really, Earl? Really, Earl? Yes. Really? Yes. Texans, Jaguars, the best game of the week. Oh, yes. This is the screw you, Urban Meyer. Jaguars run away with this redemption tour. James Robinson, if you have him in fantasy, for your playoff matchup, I think this is a game he goes off in. And Trevor Lawrence, too. I don't know. I mean, the the Texans have been pesky at times on defense, but I think Trevor Lawrence gets some big plays and shows you the promise. Texans will keep it close with their offense because Jacksonville's defense I still don't really trust, but I think they'll hold in the field goals. I'll take the Jags. Redemption for them, 28-16. Who do you got, Niffy? Hmm. Yeah, like like Speedy said, Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer's gone now. I got the Jaguars winning 20-17. I like the Jaguars. Uh, yeah, I, I love them. Uh, oh, is, that, is that what Urban Meyer called them? Well, <laughs> uh, he liked to call them that when he went to the bars. So. Yep. Um, I like the Jaguars. I, I think they win this game. I would say a very close game, 20-17. to 17. Uh, Trevor Lawrence throws uh, two and a half touchdowns. Not two, not three, two and a half touchdowns. So give me the Jets. Is that a touchdown pass to himself? Yeah, maybe so. Nice. Uh, Titans, Steelers. Who do you got? I got the Titans in this one. I think even though their receivers have a lot of these injuries, the Steelers' secondary still had a lot of trouble, so I still think Ryan Tannehill's going to get some big plays in this game. I think Mike Vrabel's done one of the best coaching jobs this year when it comes to managing injuries, and the Titans' defense, good run defense that'll be able to contain Najee Harris. Their secondary still has had their issues, but so have the Steelers' receivers, and definitely so has Big Ben. Tennessee in this game, 23-17. to Who do you got, Niff-Niff? I got the Steelers winning. This is a big game for the Steelers and also for the Titans, too, but uh, I'm picking. I, I got the Steelers winning, 24 to 21. Yeah, I got the Titans in this game. Um, I'm not a big fan of the Steelers. Ben has looked like an old man. Uh, looks like uh, an old cowgirl, like the Cowboys. Um, <laughs> give me the Tennessee tight ones or the tidy whiteies. Uh, oh God, you really are going there again. Give me the tidy whiteies, 24 17. Dominate the game defensively. Um, Jets and the Muffins. Yeah. I'm going to tell you another so about def- defensive dominant. I'll take Miami in this one. I, I think they're going to do to go cold at some point. I just don't think it's this week. I think the Dolphins' defense will still play very well in this game. Their offense, I think, will take a little bit of a step back. The Jets, they've had trouble stopping the run, but Miami's also had trouble running the ball. So I think that'll make it a little tougher for them. Miami wins it ugly, 16 to 10. I got I got the Dolphins winning 24 to 17. Yeah, I got the Dolphins or the Muffins, whatever you want to call them. Uh, I have them winning 24-20, knocking off the New York football green beret, green gangies, the Jets. Uh, Washington football girls against the Eaglets. Who do you got? I got the Eagles in this one. I think their defense has played very well in a lot of these close games in recent weeks. They've 
really been competitive. They might even, with the schedule that they have, they might even steal that last playoff spot, and this is a key one in order to get it. Minnesota's kind of been back and forth, and I think Washington showed some deficiencies last week once McLaurin went out of the game. And the Eagles, they've been a little worse at stopping the run, but they still have a very good front four that I think can make a difference. Washington's had their O-line issues and QB inconsistency. So I'll take the Eagles in this one, 21-17, to even if Gardner Minshew does play, I think the Eagles win. Who do you got, Niffy Niff? I got the Washington football team beating the Philadelphia Eagles coming off the loss against our team. I think they're going to be more motivated against the Eagles. So I got them winning 30 to 27. The Eagles are at home and they need this game just as much as Washington needs this game. Give me the Eaglets. Uh, I think the Eagles win this game. They're home. The crowd's going to be crazy. It will be called in the great uh, Philadelphia. Give me the Eagles. 24, 10. Uh, Cardinals, Lions. Who do you got? Cardinals will win. This is going to be closer than people think, though, because of all the injuries that they have. And here's the other thing, too. The Lions have actually beaten the Cardinals twice since Cliff Kingsbury's coached them. So they kind of have a little bit of the aim on the scheme. So I think it'll be a little harder than people think. The Cardinals will still win on talent. Their defense, they might get a defensive Uh, touchdown. It's unbelievable. Travis Travis Kelsey just Travis Kelsey's everybody for a touchdown. He's unbelievable, man. Oh, no, so the Chiefs won now? Yes, Chiefs win in overtime, 34-28. Unbelievable. But, yeah, back to back. What was my pick, then? <laughs> yeah, so I'll take the Cardinals just based on talent. Uh, Jared Goff, I think, will play all right, but the problem is the Cardinals have done well with the pass, and I don't really know if the Lions with Swift hurt will have the running game to make a difference against a, the only weakness of that defense in the Cardinals. So Cardinals 26, Lions 17. Ooh. Ooh. Go ahead, man. Uh, yeah, I, I, I got, I'm going to go upset here. I got the Lions beating the Cardinals. Wow. Uh, I think I think the Lions with the – with a, a great win last week, I think. Yeah, it was last week with the first win. I think they're um, obviously they, they got nothing to play for. So maybe how about spoil other teams? So I got the Lions winning uh, twenty to ten. No, no, sorry, twenty-seven to seventeen. I got the Cardinals in this game. We're losing that game last week. I know Hopkins is out for you know the rest of the season, but I think the Cardinals are the better team. I obviously going in alliance. They need this game. They need to stay in the hunt as the number two or number three seed in the NFC. So give me the Cardinals, uh, 36-25. Panthers, Bills. Another one Mm. that I think will be very ugly. Obviously, McDermott has some experience with the Panthers, but this is a very different Panthers team than when he coached it there. But I still take the Bills to win. I think the Panthers have been very turnover-prone recently. And with Christian McCaffrey hurt, they don't really have the running game to expose the what is all of a sudden atrocious Bills run defense. Thank you. I feel like if there was a fullback on the field, they would probably rush for 100 yards against the Bills the way they're playing. But the Panthers don't have those kinds of backs right now. Uh, the receivers have been up and down so far this year, and whoever's playing for quarterbacks has been turnover prone. Panthers defense will keep it close because the Buffalo offense has been streaky. But I'll still say Bills 23, Panthers 13. All right, I got the Bills winning 13-10. to 10. Oh. I got the Bills winning this game, too. Uh, being that it's in uh, Buffalo, they have played horrible the last couple of weeks, but this is the perfect game to get back uh, and get the confidence back. Uh, give me the Bills. I think they blow them out 36-14. Yes, Snug, the least clutch football team in football rides again. Yes. Bengals, <laughs> Broncos. This is going to be very interesting. I'm going to take the Bengals in this one because the Broncos, they are very run game reliant, and Cincinnati knows how to stop the run. The 
the Broncos should have the receivers to take advantage of the Bengals' iffiness in their, with their yeah. secondary, but do I trust Teddy Bridgewater to take those shots? And the play calling yeah. to favor them has been another question. The Broncos have really been methodical in a lot of their offensive drives. And not that the receivers haven't been productive and Font hasn't been productive, but they still have to rely on that. And the defense will be containing but not stopping Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow is a good late-game quarterback. I think they'll win it late. 23-20, Cincinnati. Yeah, I, I got the Bengals winning, too. Um, I, the Bengals are fighting for a playoff spot. They're a great young team with Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, uh, Jamar Chase. I love their team. I got I got the uh, bang, Bengals beating the Broncos 27-21. Uh, Remember, they're going to Denver, and yeah. uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, the air is not going to be the perfect place for the Bengals. And, the, and over the years, the Bengals haven't played in De- played well in Denver. But I like the Bengals. I've been rooting on Joe Burrows. I've been rooting on... Jamar Chase, who I think is offensive rookie of the year. I don't even want to hear an argument. Uh, give me the Bengals. Uh, 30 to 20. Falcons, San Francisco, 49 hairs. 49ers win. Another game that's going to be closer than people expected. The offense for San Francisco has been better in recent weeks in terms of spreading the ball around, but for one thing, the Falcons know Kyle Shanahan. They they contained his offense when they went to the Super Bowl. They actually won that game at the end of the season, kind of similarly in an upset fashion. Now, granted, the Falcons' offense isn't the same either, but in terms of the coaching, they still have good coaching there and some familiarity. I think they'll the 49ers will win it late, but it'll be closer than people think. Another one, 23-20, Niners. I got the Niners beating the Falcons 30-23. I like the 49ers. I think they can run the ball. I think they're going to be able to run against the Falcons. The Falcons' defense... Yeah has been absolutely horrible in certain aspects of their game this year. I think in the second half, they're one of the worst defenses in all of football. So give me the 49ers in this game. Um, 24-14. Seattle and the L.A. Rams. Like many of the Seahawks-Rams matchups, this one's going to be very fluky. The Rams have had a lot of their injury issues. Now I think they have 25 players or something on COVID, and Seattle's been awful in a lot of different facets of the game. I think the Rams will end up winning just on coaching and some level of talent and depth. It's going to be fluky. You're going to see a lot, maybe a special teams touchdown, a lot of turnovers in this game, I think, with neither team being able to run the ball greatly. I'll take the Rams 27-2. Here's a weird score, 19. All right, so we got Jeff on the phone. Jeff cannot pick the Chiefs and the Chargers game because the game is over, so oh. we don't know what he has. So he, he could start off. Jeff, we're going to go with the Raiders and Browns. Who do you have? Lower the, lower the uh, music. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to take the Raiders. The Browns have like 37 lower this a little COVID bit. pro. Okay. Uh, you know? You got the Raiders? Yeah, the Raiders, because the Browns just got too many guys in COVID protocols. Patriots and Colts? Oh, God. Uh, yeah, that's, this is going to hurt my heart, because I do love the Colts. But they can't beat the Patriots. Give me the Patriots. Mac Jones Army, baby. <laughs> the participation trophy. Raise it again. <laughs> yes, they're going to get a participation trophy once again. The Colts never beat the Patriots. I don't care that it's the way. I don't care that they have Jonathan Taylor. The Patriots have the best defense in the league. They're going to shut them down. Mac Jones throws for a trillion yards. <laughs> Cowboys and Giants. The Giants stink. Again, tons of guys in COVID. Give me the Cowboys. Texans and Jaguars. Wow. Uh, yeah, the, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars are a mess right now. I'll, I guess I'll still take the Texans. That's terrible. I just uh, take the Texans. I feel gross. <laughs> Titans and Steelers. Uh, I like the Titans in that game. It's a pick them right now on the board as far as the spread goes. Mm. And I realize Pittsburgh's home. 
but I, I, I just think the Steelers are a mess right now. Titans are getting healthy. Give me the Titans. Uh, Jets and Dolphins. Oh, I. how can anybody pick the worst team in the goddamn league? The Lions are a better team. Give me the Dolphins. Uh, Washington and the Eagles. Uh, Philly's playing well. Uh, I, I like them to, to, to bounce back and get a win. Give me Philly. Cardinals, Lions. Oh, God, the Cardinals by a trillion. Even without <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins, they're going to beat up on a bad Lions team. Zayvon Collins, four sacks. Write that one down. To wow. <laughs> Bills, Panthers. Oh, yeah. It, uh, listen, I've made this analogy a thousand times, and I'm going to make it one more time to drive the point home. Do you remember that surfer girl that got her arm bitten off by a shark? Yes. Yeah. She yeah. could yep. throw for more yards than Cam Newton could. Give me the Cardinals. Uh, you mean the Bills? Oh, I'm, uh, the Bills. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, Bengals, Broncos. Wow. Uh, Bengals are reeling, and they're not <laughs> playing very good football, and the, the Broncos are back in their division to Speedy's credit. I got to eat a lot of shit for giving them so much crap, but – I'm still going to take the Bengals. <laughs> I didn't even take the Broncos, Jeff. So. Uh, uh, Atlanta and 49ers. 49ers. Atlanta stinks. All right. So now you, Nathan. Seattle Rams, who do you got? I mean, I, I oh, write for the Seahawks. Uh, as a, I write for the Seahawks, but I got to go with the Rams. Um, they're, they're Obviously, they're fighting for something that Seahawks are not. So I got the Rams winning. It's going to be a close one because the division game usually, obviously, it, it's they always compete well against each other. So I'm picking the Rams, thirty to twenty, no, thirty to twenty nine. Who do you got, Jeffrey? Oh, it's not even close. It's the Rams. See, Seattle stinks. Pete Carroll's going to go through a case of bubble gum. <laughs> <laughs> I got the Rams too. I think the Rams win this game. Uh, I think the game's going to be a lot closer than people think. 27-24. Yeah. Uh, Speedy, Green Bay and the Ravens, probably the best game of yes. the weekend. Yep. This yep. game will be surprisingly low scoring. I think this is going to be both these defenses. I mean, the Ravens have been a little worse than usual, but they're still very good. And even with the secondary injuries, as Errol mentions all the time, the Packers receivers outside of Devontae Adams are not great. So I think this will be a closer low scoring game, but I'll take the Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers will win it late. Uh, I think – Aaron Jones, as a receiving back, is going to be a good matchup against this Ravens defense. That'll be just enough. And the outside rushing defense will help contain Lamar Jackson, his rushing. 20-13, to 13, Green Bay. Who do you got, Niffy Niff? I'm going to put a twist in here. Uh, I, obviously, this is going to be a great game. Uh, most, most, I think this is going to be the most exciting game of the week, like you said, Earl. I got the Packers winning 28-20 to 20 in overtime. Uh, Jeff, who do you got? They can't get eight points in overtime. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, not sorry. Not not, sorry, not eight points. Sorry, twenty-seven, twenty. Jeff, who do you got? Hard to like. Uh, hard to like the Ravens. Everything's going against them lately. I know they came back and tried to make that game close against the Browns, but I think they're going the wrong direction. And so I'll take the pack. I got the pack too. I think the pack is going to completely uh, explode, even with the Ravens being as good as they are at home. So give me the the Packers, thirty to twenty. The Bucks versus the Saints. Who do Ooh. you got? Speedy. I picked the Saints in the first meeting, but I'm not doing it again. Even though, even though they did win, they've gone all da- all downhill since then. They beat the Jets last week. Big whoop. Uh, Buccaneers are getting healthy. Their their defense is starting to figure things yep. out again. Even if Mike uh, Marshawn Lattimore shuts down Mike Evans, there's still just too many other weapons to spread around. I'll take Tampa 31-17. I got the Buccaneers winning 41-20. Jeff, who do you have? After last week and you took the Bills to beat the Buccaneers, I texted you, Arrow. What did the text say? <laughs> Never bet against yeah. Tom Brady. It was close, Never. man. 
never bet against Tom Brady, ever. The Bucks easily win this game. You stink at making picks. Yeah, screw you. I stink. <laughs> did, hold on, hold on. Did we, did we have any different picks this week? Yeah, yes, did you pick did. against me at all? Yeah, we did. Which yeah, that, it was it was the it was, oh this week. Yes, uh, yeah, I picked the Colts. Errol took the Colts. Of I picked the Browns. He took Jacksonville. Hater. Errol took Jacksonville. Um, I took the Browns. You took the Browns, and that's it so that's far. It. That's it. That's mm. it. Mm. So three different. Yep. I so purposely. Did, I by so the way, theoret- by the way, I purposely so did that. So theoretically, you could climb within two of me because you're five behind now, right? What am I behind, Speedy? Three. Three behind you. No, four. No, four. no, no. Four, my bad. You no, were three last yeah, week. No. Four. This oh, three last week, so four. This, so yeah. you can climb within one. You're running out of time, Harold. This is not good news for you. <laughs> <laughs> I got the Buccaneers, too. I say the Bucks win. I think they blow them out 40 to 10. So. Very smart this week. You don't bet against Tom Brady. Good for you. <laughs> hey, listen. I didn't have a bad week last week. I was 11 and 3. What was Tyler's record last week? I didn't, say, uh, I didn't even check his. Yeah, so he, he's, like, he's like 12 behind you, and then I'm like 5 behind him or something like that. So hold on. If you, so you didn't have a bad week. You were 11 and 3. That's a very good week. I guess I was 11 and 2 then. Yeah, huh? you were 12 and 2, 12, and Errol was 11 and 3. Yeah. You were 12 and 2. Wow. Mm-hmm. As good as your week was, it just wasn't enough, was it? <laughs> Well, I'm hoping the Colts finally shut down the Patriots so I can have you something to say. Literally the Urban Meyer of making picks. Yeah, I'm a Urban Meyer of making <laughs> picks. I surely look like that. I mean, I'm kicking their butts in Beeb's fucking picks, and I'm right. and I'm right behind you by four. Yeah, I'm getting my butt whipped. Do you think knowing more about football than the Beeb is something to hang your hat on? I didn't say that, but I'm pretty good at making my picks. I might not be beating you right now, but I'm doing pretty well, so... If you look at my numbers, my numbers are pretty damn good. You yeah. know who number one is. It's not going to be you, that's for sure. No, he's not going to say Zayvon Collins. Ahead <laughs> of everybody, right, Speedy? Yes, you, you are. are. Yeah. By four. By four. And who's number two? Me. Errol. That's right. And you know what Ricky Bobby used to say? If you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> and then his father says at the end of the movie, I don't know what the hell you were talking about. I was drunk or high. It's always good to be second as well as first. But, well, I want to be first. So I, I plan. Uh, there was a reason why I picked second, three less than you. So Second would be fitting for you because you are number two. You know what? Kiss my rear end, okay? I plan to beat you this week. I got the Jags. I got the Browns. I got the Colts. Eat it. Buddy. Browns would be a Christmas miracle. So many guys in COVID protocol. You got the Raiders who haven't looked good either. They'll have more starters than the Browns will have. They still have Chubb. He's going to be running the ball. They still have Landry. Miles Garrett playing? I think Landry's Miles Garrett, playing. Miles Garrett's playing. Landry's not. That's right. Make him stick with the Browns. He made the call. That's on him. I still feel like the Browns still. I, I, I picked the Raiders for the last month. I don't trust them anymore. Uh, yeah, I trust them more than the COVID-riddled Browns. What what happened the last? The Browns won the Browns? a playoff game with their COVID-riddled intera- when Hold their on. coach was COVID-riddled. Oh, right, but but I'm just judging on past performance when the Browns have had a ton of people out. What happened the last time the Browns had a ton of people out? They only okay. they also they also won a playoff game with a assistant coach Kevin Stefanski at COVID. Terrific! I can name past performances too. You remember when the Cowboys won the Super Bowl? That was terrific. Yeah, the uh, yeah they 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 won it on a a VHS tape. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, we're gonna win one this year. Watch. Uh, Which console, Nathan? <laughs> I'm trying to see who is out for the sources. Say Keenum test positive. So I guess who's who's playing quarterback? It's Nick Mullins. All right. Woof. Woof. He says. Throw into who himself? 
<laughs> oh man, I, I'm still good. I'm still sticking with Cleveland. I say they win the game. Uh, yeah, no, you're sticking with it. You made that pick. You live with it. I am living with it, and I'm gonna live with it beating you. So there, eat it. Anyways. Please, even if even if you even if you swept me this week and made up three games, you're still <laughs> number two. <laughs> we will see, and we don't know what Tyler is. I'd say the big zero. <laughs> Tyler's. That, by the way, shows much and bright. I didn't see the show last night. I didn't, you know, didn't wasn't available. Wasn't around. Been doing things, you know. But I gotta say, uh, last Thursday he wasn't there. Tonight he's not. The show's much improved. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Much improved. How is it over there in Rhode Island, man? Yeah, it's all right. It was, you know, 60 today. Balmy, oh, that's the, that's balmy 60 wow. degrees. That's Ooh. nice weather, man. Yeah, it's all right. I mean, the I'm warm- in 85, 85 degree weather. Uh, he's, he's like Costa Rica. He's, he's, he's bragging now. By, by the way, you guys have one more game. So Vikings Bears, you forgot to pick. Oh, there is a game? Vikings Monday Bears. Night Football, yeah. Oh, who do you got? Vikings-Bears. I got Minnesota. I think close game. The Bears' defense will uh, keep it close against the run, especially uh, Dalvin Cook played great against the Steelers, but Mike Zimmer didn't use him in the second half. We'll see if they go to it again. But Minnesota makes every game close. 24-17 Vikings. Who do you got, Jeffrey? Uh, you, uh, again, rule of thumb. No, never bet against Tom Brady. Never bet for Matt Nagy. I'll take the Vikings. <laughs> who, who do you got, Niffin? I got the uh, <laughs> I, I, I got, got the Vikings beating the Bears 17-10. You know, I want to take the Bears. I really do. but You won't, though. Pussy. I'm not going to because I, I got the Vikings. The Vikings need this game. You can't afford, afford to fall further behind. No, shut up, you. I got the Vikings. I think it'll be very close, and the Bears will have a chance to win the game. My plan is to get so far. My plan is to get so far ahead yeah. that I don't make a single pick in week 18 just to let you catch up. <laughs> wow. Well, that would be stupid. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Buddy. Jeff's yeah. going to pick all the teams that he would he say not to pick right now. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Sorry, when I, when I sweep them this week and I go, I go to seven up on them, I'll be halfway home. I'll have a couple of weeks to run it all the way up to, uh, you know, uh-huh. 15 or 16 up on them. Just keep keep picking the the COVID-riddled Browns. You're helping me out, friend. (laughs) The COVID-riddled Browns. Okay. Look who they're playing. They're playing the Raiders. (laughs) Raiders aren't a bad team. Listen, they've had a lot of struggles this year with a lot of off-field stuff, and they're still fighting through it and still have a pretty – I think they still have the same record the Browns have. One game back. One game back. One game back. What I'm saying – if, imagine if the Browns went through as much well, as yeah, the Raiders Yeah, but let's not act like the Browns haven't overcome adversity, too, between all the injuries they've had, the OPJ-Baker drama. They've had their own, too. Not as bad as the Raiders, but they've had their own. Not as bad as the Raiders, so there you go. So give me the Raiders. And I trust Derek Carr much more than I trust Nick Mullins. Hey, Nick Mullins might not have to do as much. And Nick Mullins is a good quarterback. You saw what he did with Sam. Nick Mullins surprised everybody Ooh. by beating the Raiders <laughs> in his first Dude, how start. Can you, how, can, how can you take anything about Cleveland? They are a factory of sadness. <laughs> what are you, CJ now? Terrible. Jeff, thank you for calling, bud. 
it's always a pleasure to watch you fall further and further and further behind. I guess I'll be falling further behind or you be kissing my ass and being only one game in front of me. So when 16 comes around, I can shove my foot up your ass. How's that? <laughs> That's not even going to come close to happening. Okay. You don't even know how many guys that got in COVID protocols making these picks. You have no idea what okay, you're doing. That's fine. Well, I'll be sure to call you when the Browns beat, <laughs> when the Browns you might, win. You might as well be a monkey at a zoo flinging shit against the wall. Well, I guess I'll be flinging some shit after I beat your ass this week. I know. Week. Way, to, way, to, way to pick the Bills last week. Good pick. Yeah, it was. It, it was very close, by the way. And Yeah, it cost I, me my uh, our weekend crunch pick because I had the b- bill uh, the Buccaneers on the under. What were the other ones that, that, that we differed on last week? It was uh, that one. It was, the, it was the Rams and the Cardinals. and Right, uh, won the Rams, but yeah. Rams, Cardinals, and it was yeah, it was the Browns and the Ravens oh, last week. You got the Browns, Browns right. I had the Browns over the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. exactly. See, Browns, terrific team. Terrific team last week. <laughs> this week, not so much. <laughs> what, so they're, they're the epitome of a pattern? Is, is that what it is? He just wants to prove that he's right, that he's going to be wrong this week. So it's all right. Highly doubtful. <laughs> Highly doubtful. Who's been the most right? What, four right? You're going you're gonna to brag about four more right than me? Come on, that's it's big. been close, buddy. That's, it has been big. close. That's, that's big because no, we not. pick a lot of the same things. Did anyone pick the Giants? No, because that's obvious. When it comes down to being, you know, having I take, I don't ahead. always take obvious picks. That's bull. I, I've taken some crazy picks. I'm just picks. saying that's like an obvious pick to, yeah, I mean, it would be crazy to pick the Giants. That's what I'm saying. So, like, half of these games, you know, don't even count because How they're about so we obvious. just all be like, like uh, Tyler, who's like, 13 behind me and, and 17 behind you. If you want to brag about a lead, brag about that lead or brag about the oh, lead against Speedy or something like that. Are you kidding? Yeah. That was, that was, I mean, honestly, like, is that something to really brag about? That's literally like <laughs> the, the, the original dream team playing a middle school girls basketball. <laughs> Two things you could guarantee about Tyler's pick. One, he's not going to pick the Packers. That's true. It never Two, does. he's not going to pick the Vikings. <laughs> and three, he might struggle to pick the Ravens. <laughs> There's some weeks he does, but that's... he has this like oh I'll never pick the Steelers infatuation again. to hate our Rodgers. He, he can... and, and Kirk Cousins you five, too. And he Kirk Cousins. You the and maybe that's why he's not showing up to the show. Number one, he doesn't want to fight, so that's one thing. But has he handed you five hundred dollars yet? No, not he yet. But uh, he didn't show up tonight because he didn't want to hear what he had to say in that that clip. But I'll be sure next Wednesday to play it to him, and he's going to have a lot to a uh, lot to say because I want that five hundred bucks. He, he swore oh, to better... me. You want to make the show interesting with him on it. You tell him to bring the $500 on the show. You'll play the clip, and he can hand it to you on the show. I I might just do that, actually, yeah. Yeah. We'll see if he pays because he he, he doesn't pay off bets, so – he no, is. dude, he's going to pay you in government cheese. Government <laughs> <laughs> He don't pay up bets, but he, he loves to tell everybody that I'm 0-6 against him in picks or bets, which I, I don't know where he comes up with that number because he's never I, – I don't the, the one time he won something was the Panarin thing, uh, that the Panarin, the Panarin went to the Rangers, not the Islanders. That was the only thing that we've ever bet that he actually was right about. And to this day, he still brags about it. <laughs> you're letting that kid. You're letting that kid make picks. I'm not even sure he knows even how to read a betting slip. I'm not even. I'm not even sure that kid knows how to read anything except a Denny's menu. <laughs> you got the tutelage from Andy Reid. I'll have three Grand Slam breakfasts, please. <laughs> 
<laughs> Three Grand Slam breakfasts. Oh my god! <laughs> With extra, you know, extra coleslaw. No, he's that was like maple syrup on eggs. <laughs> maple syrup on eggs. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. He's gross. <laughs> he's gross. He just looks sticky, doesn't he? <laughs> Take his hand, and he's still got, like, jelly on his fingers or something. <laughs> I knew he wasn't going to show up. Puss. Jeff, thank you for calling, bud. All right. Who is that guy? Jeff from Tampa. He is a, he's a piece of work. He is definitely a, a one of a kind, to say the least. I, you, cannot, you cannot have not have Jeff on this show. It's just like... Mm-hmm. He's just a, a personality, um, a, definitely a sold personality on this show. And when, when Tyler's on this show, he can't stand Tyler, so it is hilarious. <laughs> he, he, he really can't stand Tyler. That's what makes the, you know, what he says t- uh, for Tyler yeah. and what Tyler is and, and who Tyler is. It's, it's really, really cool. Niffin, uh, before we let you go, I want to thank uh, uh, Clutch Points Head Video Department uh, NBA writer Calvin Fong for joining us tonight. Also, I'd like to thank Athletic NBA copyright analyst, uh, NBA analyst, Tavon. Yes, Beatty? Trayvon! Trayvon! A little, a little slow, but uh, with roll off the lips. Roll off the lips. Trayvon! Trayvon Edwards for joining us. And uh, Nithin, thank you for joining us, bud. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me on the show as always. And keep it going, man. You guys are doing you, you guys are doing a great job. You're the best. Both of you are the best. And uh always a good time talking to you guys and uh, uh enjoy We'll get the you rest on next it. week. We'll get you on next week. Oh, okay. It'll be All in right, every thanks. it'll be in every week uh thing with Nithin and but next time we'll probably have Fat Tyler on, so you you might like that. So maybe we'll get him some grand slam uh, meals like uh Real quick, what are your thoughts on Isaiah Thomas coming back to the league? And uh, do you think Urban Meyer coaches again? Urban Meyer never coaches again. He's done. And uh, just like Adam Gase, he's done. Um, As far as uh, Isaiah Thomas coming back, Good move by the uh, the Brooklyn. Oh, is it the Brooklyn Nets? Lakers, Lakers, Lakers. Uh, the Lakers. Good new, good, good move by the Brook. Uh, the the Lakers too. So, uh, mm-hmm. Lakers adding another piece to the puzzle, and hopefully uh, he helps out at that point guard position because Russell Westbrook is still trying to figure yeah. it out. Neth, thank you. Uh, thank you to all the fans that listen to us, all the fans that keep following us, keep going until next week. Follow our NRR Sports Show. Also, mm-hmm. absolutely follow the NR uh, Sports Show. Uh, they interview some of the best uh, athletes and some of the great writers and analysts in the country. Very good. Even show. Earl, Earl was on the show and Kyle was on the show too. Absolutely. Speedy, Speedy the yeah. damn Petey, playing with himself as always uh, on every different show. Speedy just likes to play with that nougat, if you know what I mean. Make sure you shave those balls, Speedy. We will be back next week on Wednesday. Listen to the Weekend Crunch 103.9. If you don't live here on the island and you can't get it on the FM dial, well, guys... Uh, is there an Islander game this week? Not for another month. It uh, won't be for a while. All so right, so we'll be on at 7 p.m. Listen to the great and powerful Weekend Crunch uh, with me and the great Speedy. Don't shave the balls, Speedy. Anyways, good night, everybody. Enjoy. Uh, have a great weekend. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.